Hey, let's start the show. It's June 14th, 2012. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. I'm Will Smith. Joining me today, Norman Chan. How you doing, Norm? I will be better once I have this coffee. Drink, drink more coffee. Uh, Gary Witta, also in the third seat, as is his custom. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. You look like you had a haircut, sir. I did. It was getting a little shaggy. It's a, it's a, it looks good. You're prepping was, for the birth. It was get well. No, wait, why, why do you need a haircut to prep for birth? There's gonna be lots of pictures. There is that. Yeah. In of, fact, of the I, baby. People holding yeah, I'll the baby. Be in the, I'll be in the pictures. Gary, like, I th- if I think. you're lucky. Gary is the second tier baby holder. I did actually um, consider shaving my head because every oh, no. time I get really long shaggy hair, I just want to like, shake it all off. And then Leah reminded me, don't do that because you might look like a, a, a kind of psycho in baby pictures. Yeah, you don't want a beta <laughs> test. So instead, I just had a reasonable haircut. But it's usually to do more with the summer. I always feel like you know your shaggy hair just feels worse. In the summertime. Is this, is this an English guy thing? Because, like, Johnny and Simon, I always felt like we're on the cusp of shaving their heads at any given moment. Well, Johnny had a, and, he had a pretty pretty shaven head at one point. Yeah, for a long time. Anyway, I this is usually how I... I always want to go completely drastic buzz cut, and then yeah. I end up with something kind of just reasonable and boring. Have you been playing Max Payne? No, why? I've, uh, I've, I've installed it. I haven't started playing it he, yet. He, at one point, he loses his shit and just shaves uh, his hair. It's, yeah. it's, it's I know how he feels. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Norm, I had to pull a gray hair from your head yesterday. It was a white hair. Are we telling the story now? Yeah, let's tell the story because it's gross. We, uh, for the past two days, we've been traveling. Uh, we were in Seattle. We saw the modernist cuisine. Guys. The modernist cuisine offices. It was amazing. We can talk about it later. There will be video, much video. Um, Lots of video. And we checked out of our hotels yesterday morning. And as we, uh, we planned on meeting in the lobby early. Joey and I were waiting on you. No, as no, our custom. no. Joey oh, no, and I were waiting on you. Thank you very you much. You came down 15 minutes before you Will. said you were going to. And as after we're checking out, I said, yeah. uh, Will Smith, I have a big favor to ask. No, you said, hey, I hey, have a guys. white hair. No, I have a big favor to ask. Yes. I have a white hair that I noticed in the mirror as I was walking out of the hotel room. And I, for the life of me, could not pull it out. How many, how many black hairs did you sacrifice? To I, no, no, that's that the black, thing. The, 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 the difficulty of pulling that is the depth perception, which I have none. Well, off of which I have none. Especially, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also the reverse mirror effect. Uh, and I did not want to pull anything but that white hair out. So you assisted me in removing a white hair. I touched your hair. And this is all on video. It was horrible. Somewhere. I, I, pl- I pluck gray hairs all the time. I'm yep. really going quite gray. But you don't ask somebody else to do that. No, it's a private matter. Yeah, thanks, Chan. Um, but I'm the kind of friend that does that. Should we just, we got a lot of stuff to talk about because it was, a, it was WWWWWDC this week. I don't know what the first three W's are for, but the rest of it's Worldwide Developer Conference. It's Apple's big developer event every year. Uh, and they, they uh, along with that, they usually announce new stuff, frequently OS stuff. But this year, there was actually also some hardware. Yeah. So WWDC is their place. It's it, uh, it's their equivalent of you know Google I/O. But they, I mean, obviously, they've been running it for much longer than Google I/O. Twenty years, I think, is what Tim Cook said. It's their developer conference. It is their developer conference. And traditionally, in the past three years, it's their time to 
uh, announced updates in iOS. Yeah, it's actually not a consumer event, which is no. why sometimes when people see it, they, they're disappointed because it's a little more dry than what they're expecting. But Apple, yeah. knowing that everyone's really watching, they do use it as they did this year to, to launch new consumer products. There's, yeah, a, they t- did. there's a ton. When you go to W, because I've been to WWDC, it's hard to say, WWDC before. And, and the event is basically... Uh, like there's a bunch of people that make programming stuff. There's a lot of like library vendors. There's a lot, a lot of people apps. that do weird hardware stuff. A um, lot of app developers. And a lot of app developers. And that's why it's the right place to announce uh, updates to iOS yeah. and also a Mac OS X or just OS X. Yeah, it has kind of become like the Mac. It's the software. The, 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 the Mac portion of their calendar. So typically, you know, the new phones uh, get, really, get, get announced in the fall. Uh, there's usually also an iPad, uh, sorry, a music iPod type event. In the fall, um, iPads now generally seem to get announced and launched in the spring, and then WWDC in the summer is kind of their Mac centric. Yep. That, that, that is and exactly aside it. from last year, WWDC was also where the iPhones were announced uh, previous to the 4S. Well, and the first one. And the first one. Yeah, the first one was announced yeah. uh, in March, I think, because they wanted to eat into everybody else's but this, sales. But this was, um, it was this, so this year it was kind of a mix, right? It was it was a lot of Mac stuff and mm-hmm. also um, a lot of iOS, iOS. 6 stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so I mean, we're this is Thursday. This happened on Tuesday. Everybody Monday. already on knows. Monday. Monday. Wow, it seems like so long ago. Um, let's just jump right into it. The first thing is new Macs, new MacBooks, rather. Well, um, okay. uh, uh, let's say what wasn't announced, because... There, no everyone, everyone expected. I mean, there were lots no, of expectations. I didn't IMAX, expect it for iMacs. Oh, iMacs, Mac Pros were expected. Mac Pros got a, a, a soft upgrade, uh, only processor Very upgrade. Soft. They're only the processor upgrade, not even the graphics card. Yeah. Um, but apparently, Tim Cook says the real upgrade, great upgrade, quote unquote, great, will come in 2013. Uh, no new iMacs, which I know Gary, you were a little disappointed. My, well, myself and Leah both, because we, uh, she really wants an iMac, and I, mm-hmm. I would like to upgrade mine, and and it was mm-hmm. very conspicuous. By its absence, yes. the, they upgraded everything, either either very publicly or just at least by stealth. The iMac and the Mac Mini are are still waiting, and they're overdue for updates. So yep. people are kind of in limbo right now. About um, what's going on? Well, so the, the Mac Mini has frequently lagged behind the iMac. I think. Uh, I mean, the the big news this year on CPUs is Ivy Bridge, which is Intel's next generation CPU architecture. There's not a, right. a significant uh, CPU side change, but the integrated graphics are a lot better. We've been talking about this for ages now because it was originally supposed to come out in March. And uh, it the, is the tick. It is. The, uh, I'm not. No, no. We're not. Let's gonna not do get that. into that. Okay. No, no. It is a die size reduction. Yeah. And uh, process a process uh, change uh, upgrade from Sandy Bridge and a significant graphics improvement. If you're using integrated, very integrated significant graphics. graphics improvement. Lessons learned from uh, their uh, never launched graphics card initiative. Um, Larrabee. Larrabee. And uh, also power savings on the mobile side make this very significant. Um, right. But but. If you're comparing a Sandy Bridge to an Ivy Bridge in CPU performance, it's a relatively small, small, small change, small, small upgrade. But core, but core two duo. Oh yeah, to oh, Sandy Bridge that was a big upgrade, huge, oh, huge upgrade, huge, huge upgrade. I mean, core two duo skipped over the whole uh, Nihilum. Yeah. Um, and uh, what, so, what I was going to say is the iMacs are going to get an update later this year. Yeah. Right now, the Ivy Bridge is in short supply. Um, Intel's right. rolling them out very deliberately and very slowly. Right. And we'll see new Ivy Bridge IMAX, I would guess, in a stealth update like right. August. And so or it's September. probably not surprising that Apple, given that the majority of their the the more popular models these days, everything's laptop. laptop. The Air has been hugely successful yeah. for them. The MacBook yeah. Pro obviously continues to be hugely successful. 
So they prioritized that. Their Mac hardware, they really presented it as all about the notebook line. Yeah. Well, and, so and because the because the C, the major CPU advance is in uh, power consumption and uh, graphics, it's less yes. relevant to the machines that have discrete graphics and are plugged in all the time. Right. So let's quickly also say no new iPhone. And no, I, I know uh, you said obviously you knew we know no that's new coming. iPhone. We know it's coming in the fall. It, yeah. An iPhone it, going into that keynote halfway through. We knew there was going to be no iPhone. There was so much already announced. Right, right. Uh, iOS 6 was big. We'll get to that. No new iPhone. All that leaked hardware stuff. I mean, it sucks that it's all out there, yeah. possibly. I think it, a lot it may of, not even be real. It may not be I real. I think a lot of people, without without any real foundation, were holding out for some kind of TV news as well. And that is still, I think that's yeah. next year at the earliest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's early next year. Because uh, they don't have the content. They, they need the content partnerships. When we start seeing HBO Go and things like that pop up on Apple TV... That's when we'll. That's when the TV. I think. Coming. I think you'll see the box continue to evolve. To continue to evolve. Oh, yeah. But in terms of like whether or not they'll actually do a TV, that is still very much up in the air. Yeah. So let's go with what hardware was actually announced. Yeah, so let's talk about the, the laptops first. because yeah. that's where they start. So MacBook Air. Yep. Both my, the eleven. My, my and the favorite inch. computer ever. I, my favorite computer ever. I don't, I, don't, got, I don't have any point of reference. Well, Gary, you bought the 11-inch MacBook <sighs> Air when they did the last body redesign, which yeah, was... Yeah, so two generations ago, the first time they brought in that really nice new tapered mm-hmm. body design, I yeah. got the base model. With and, the, that 999 price point. Yeah, and it became really my just my couch sofa computer, I, and, and I love it. It's, and you travel with it the whole time. I mean, it's so... It really... I mean, they. this is one of those areas... Apple is great at hyperbole, but this is one of those things where I don't think they exaggerated. It's It really is... A game changer, how light and portable and and featherweight that thing is. Well, it was a game changer and a long time coming because the very first MacBook Air, the one Martha Stewart loved, a $2,200 MacBook Air. It was very very much a premium product. Very premium with, with, you know, with bare, very bare specs. And now it's actually their entry level. It's like the the MacBook. The the old white book went away, right? And now this is what, if you've got $9.99. Yeah, it's crazy. And for, for what is now a really capable machine. So, um, so the entry level Mac. I mean, there's no surprises here. It's the basic, basically the same as before. I think in they increased the, the RAM, yes. to the base RAM to four gigabytes from two which gigabytes, is great. which is Max much RAM. needed. It's yeah. Ivy Bridge. It's Ivy Bridge. Max RAM has increased uh, to eight gigs, which right. is awesome for Ivy Bridge. Max yeah. RAM on the Sandy Bridge ones were four gigs. Uh, capacity starts same, sixty four with upgrades which is to one twenty eight. Dramatically too low, I think. Gary, you said you had any problems, but you you don't put any. Well, like I said, so I right. so I use my MacBook Air from two generations ago a lot, and I don't really push it because all of my heavy lifting gets done on my iMac. I really mm-hmm. just use my Air almost like a Chromebook. It's very much a secondary computer just for yeah. web browsing and Twittering and, and just well, even when travel. You and, use and when iPad. I travel, but even when I travel, my only work is I'm not really messing around with heavy media i'm just yeah. writing google docs words, or whatever yeah eh? words yeah. a pretty pretty low mm-hmm. yeah. uh you know footprint and i processor wise the macbook air i got last year last july uh the sandy Ridge one i use as my primary work computer at the old office yeah and it was very capable as a one computer i mean it did get a little hot um but, but i could it, have tons of tabs tabs open and i, I mean i was maxed out but when we benchmarked that it, it was about twice as fast depending on the benchmark between two and three times as fast as my one year older 13 inch, inch MacBook Mac Pro, which Pro. was a Core 2 Duo. Yeah. Um, and but, I'd put an SSD in that. But once, so, once you, you know. go from whatever MacBook or laptop you used to have to the Air, Leah's got one as well. She loves it. I mean, it, it, re- it really does completely change the way you can use a laptop because you can use it anywhere. It's, I, I got the 11 inch because I really wanted the, the super portable mm-hmm. uh, model. And, and I just, I, I, I just think it's fantastic. And of course, it, as, as Apple products often do, 
really created a whole new category. The Ultrabooks really inspired the well, whole, well, whole new Well, they were Ultrabooks. I mean, they weren't called Ultrabooks. They've been around for a long business time. Business Thinanites. Exactly. Yes, but, the, but, the, but the fact that once they, the, the Air, when they first released it as a high-end product, kind of just sat there like a niche product. Right. But when they found a way to make it affordable and brought in that really yeah. slick new redesign, that it's no coincidence we suddenly start to see a lot of PC Ultrabooks after that. Well, Apple provided a map for the for the rest of the PC industry to follow and then I mean that was and, and, and demonstrated there was an appetite yeah. for that kind of product because they were really selling over the netbooks which previously yeah. Yeah. was what a lot yeah. of OEMs so, PC OEMs okay so let's 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 there's okay. not a whole lot to talk about so here. MacBook so Air you have the thir- 11 inch 13 inch USB 3 is great I, yeah. that's, I don't care I think USB I have like multiple US3 USB3 external hard drives and now I could take I, I know but, it, but USB3 should have been in laptops should 2 years been. ago and Intel fucked up by not putting it in the chipset yep. so and Thunderbolt as well right well, it Thunderbolt was Thunderbolt in the last as well one. yeah yeah wasn't wasn't the same um, rich one no um, ethernet still but they're doing cheap ethernet to thunderbolt adapters which is good giggy giggy oh, to, to thunder, really? thunderbolt how yeah, much are those $39 $29 not cheap well but they're they're not an expensive Thunderbolt, a USB Ethernet adapter is 50, 60 bucks. So it is, it is a little And bit I'd rather use a Thunderbolt than right. USB and use up one of my USB ports. Right. Uh, oh, so, and I think, and the only other, it's a 720p camera. Um, oh, really? 720p in the phone? Yeah, it's the FaceTime and, HD. Yeah. And um, I think the only other real difference is uh, that the 13 inch, I believe, they dropped it by 100 bucks entry level. Yeah. Uh, and on the 13 inch, you can get more storage than you could before as so well. So look, it's, it's, ever since they redesigned it, Two generations ago, it's been a, it's always been a fantastic machine, yeah, f- and I think it, it obviously it just keeps getting better. Even though it's a spec button, these machines, you know, the, the, you've always you used to pay a, play a trade off with the with the air, where it's like okay, super super light and portable, but well, this, there's really only so much it can do. This was that's the, actually now starting to become less of a problem because these machines. I think are really last quite, year was that point. This yeah. was the ultra portable trade off. Like you, the one that you have is an under is a little bit underpowered. So I have the core two duo, and again for very light use. It's fine, yeah. But 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 there's this is all there's no surprises here, right? Let's move this on. This is not, yeah, no. this, this and, is not the people waiting, stuff. people waiting for the MacBook Air. I think we're happy. Honestly, yeah, pro- a, honestly, probably good. the least sexy thing when you look at the. It's, I'm well, no, no. Else. They're, is, they're, is that, is, is we're getting into the, the least the, sexy thing. Yeah, the pro, the pros, the pros, right? MacBook yeah. Pro, nobody cares. Thirteen inch, fifteen inch, seventeen inch is gone. I don't understand yeah. why the 13 inch still exists. I don't understand why 13 inch. It's the same price, yeah, as the 13 inch MacBook Air. Yeah, all it does is have the optical drive. If you're going to kill something, yeah. kill, kill the se- kill the 13 inch and not the 17 inch. Yeah, yes. it's interesting seeing a lot of people looking at the totality of the of the the MacBook range now. A lot of people are saying no matter what no matter what your needs are, you you should probably either just get a MacBook Air or the new MacBook we're going to get to. The ones yeah. in the middle have been kind of left feeling kind well, of obsolete. I can see the 13 the 15 inch being uh, something you need if you're doing really specific kind of workloads and you don't want to have to carry an external drive around. Optical drive really? No, no, an external drive. Oh, external around. capacity. You can get capacity. Yeah, because you can guess. get a two. You can get a two terabyte, I think, drive. Or if, or you can't, if they don't sell one, you can put one in yourself. Yeah, right. Um, so anyway, the, the the core MacBook Pro line also got spec bumps across the board, but nothing no, to be excited. No about. redesigns really in there. Let's let's just move on to the real. Let's story. go on well, to yeah the surprise. It wasn't much of a surprise. I it think was kind it of was, a mini. It was kind of a mini one more thing. No, it, it was. It totally was. I don't think. It was a surprise in the sense that everyone thought the MacBook let, Pro let me line make some room would for something get else over here. revamped. Okay, that was stupid. Let's. No, but, that was good. The audience ate, ate that shit up. Like the they audience always, always eats that shit up. Reality distortion still very much in effect. Tim Cook, could, F- F- Schiller could have said, "I'm going to poop down your throats at this point," and people would have been like, "Oh my god, yeah, Apple okay. poop." We'll get to what the actual hardware is, and then also the implications and why it's a a weird just, product. Just, to just fucking quit yeah. stalling okay. and talk. MacBook 
they call it the next-gen MacBook with Retina display, MacBook yes. Pro. And this is the equivalent of what the MacBook Air was when it first was announced. A very premium, high-end, high kind of a, a indication of things to come, but real product that you can buy Less now. Less hyperbole, more, more discussion. Okay. So redesigned body for the MacBook Pro, thinner than the, uh, the uh, MacBook Pro 15-inch, is a 15-inch laptop. 4.46 pounds, so, so considerably heavier than an Air. When they're heavier than an Air, kind of like it, it, there's no way this no, is actually... It's a five-pound laptop. It's, it's a, a yeah, slightly, it's a yes. slightly if you're holding lighter the, if you, Pro. If you have the power supply, it is a five-pound package in your backpack. Yeah, yes. and, uh, but it is thinner than... Uh, Don't care. Well, Move along. In that they got rid of the optical drive, yes. got rid of Ethernet. So no, got rid of the physical hard drive, got rid of the so there's no real drive. storage. So it's all solid state. You have, uh, I think, 8 gigs of RAM and 256 gigs of storage. Up to 512. By default. Up to 768. Up to 768, sorry. Which is crazy expensive. Um, starts at $2,200 and has a display, uh, which is the big story. Yeah, the, the display is interesting. It's, um, it's basically 220 pixels per inch, right? It's 2,880 pixels by 1,800 pixels. 2880 X1800. I don't know what the uh, GA term for that it's, is. Uh, Gordon said it. It's like QWXGAF. M yeah. Or, or so the way, of course, Apple, as much as this will annoy you, will uh, Apple is of course marketing this as a Retina display. What, what Retina means now is higher, re- high enough resolution that they have to do weird shit in the software to make it look right. Well, what, the way that Apple will t- t- tell you it different because Retina means something different depending on how how you Retina how, is just a you're, you're viewing term. distance well, absolutely from the device. Term. But they're basically saying that the normal div- normal distance you would sit from the panel. You won't be able to discern the pixels. They just mean crazy high I, I will go one step further and oh, say uh, when they call something a retina display, it not only indicates resolution and sharpness of image, but also the quality of the colors. Right. Now, let me, and, and paying more, way more I, attention to – and I think that's more important yeah. – the vibrancy of the colors, the viewing angles, and – You're uh, talking about IPS yes. versus TN. Exactly. Now, let me ask you this because this is something I, I don't actually know. Prior to this, what actually was the highest resolution display on a laptop? Not, uh, on the laptop? Oh, Sony had resolutions that were comparable on the same size laptop. So, Did seven, they really? Yeah. 17-inch um, MacBook Pro was – and many 17-inch computers had 1080 – or 1080p. Right. 1920 by 1080. Uh, Seuss New ZenBook has 1920 by 1080 on a small screen. Okay. Which is very high DPI also. Okay. Um, this is higher resolution, more pixels than my 30-inch – it's high res- it's, it's a high resolution than my 27 inch iMac display. Yes. Yeah, which is and 25, my thir- and 60 by 40. It's about 40. the same resolution as a 30 a traditional yeah. 30 inch panel. And they're going into a, a half a quarter a of the space. Screen, yeah. And and the uh, the resolution specific resolution native resolution that they chose for this is the pixel doubling of the 1440 by 900. Right. So that is crazy the, crazy ex- high. The last 15 inch. And this is and this is really the sex factor appeal like you're going to we haven't seen one live yet but they are in stores now. I'm going to go to an Apple store later today. When I'm sure everyone who's reporting who's got one because people are getting yeah. them are saying that yeah, when you see this display, it's well, fucking well, nuts. when you see it, it's not just the resolution because again we have to, we'll get to the software trickery in that, but the the IPS panel and the uh, the glass and, and the way they they layer the panel they layered the panel closer to the surface, so yes. it looks a lot different. So it's it just better. It's a better panel, period. Because right. Mac like laptop panels have been crap for years. I mean the Air panel. Looks okay. 13-inch MacBook Pro panel? Crap. It's not good. Not good. No, not good. And, and you know... But, it, but the interesting thing about the 13-inch MacBook Pro panel is still better than a lot of other laptop panels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> panels are where a lot of OEMs kind of skip yeah. out. Um, but Apple, having their great panel contacts with the phone and iPad, you know, 
putting this in a, a MacBook makes sense. Um, it's $400 more expensive than the MacBook Pro 15-inch. Yeah. So there is no reason, unless you absolutely need the capacity to buy a MacBook Pro 15-inch. Yeah, you should just get... This is the one to get. If, right. you're, if you're in the market for a, for a high-end MacBook, this is the one to get. So the benefit of this is obviously... And I apologize for the noise outside. There's crazy your shit leaf, happening did you, in my Do you actually ask your leaf blower guy to come by as at the same time that we're podcasting? This is, is just, the well, time this is the anti-squirrel brigade, right? Okay. Yeah. This is how we get rid of the squirrels. Leaf um, blower. So... We are legion. Um... Fuck, what were we talking? Oh, the, the 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 real benefit for this is for people who do content creation, photo editing, video editing, even audio multi-track stuff. You have so much more screen real estate on a portable machine that you can actually do. You can you can it run 1080p video in a window of. on this. No, so kind of. this is the thing. So a lot of so they've talked about that before. How it's going to look a lot better. It's really useful for yeah. content professionals. But like 1080p in a window with all the editing furniture around it. I get that. How much of that is actually useful, and how much of this is just Apple throwing their weight around, saying no one else can do what we're doing right now with these? Well, right panels. now it's not that useful because of the software trickery that yeah, has right. to happen in order to work. It's only specific, you know, just like on the iPhone when they upgraded the resolution to, to, to double, you know, double, double the resolution, basically. Yeah, and on the iPad 3, it's really noticeable. Right. The, the developers have to change their apps. Photoshop has been right. changed already. DPI gets right. changed. Uh, right. Of course, the Apple apps, Aperture right. and Final right. Cut and all that stuff. And of course, because of the way that Apple, you know, don't tell anyone what the fuck they're doing until they do it, a lot of, app, a lot of developers now are going to be scrambling to catch up and, and, right. and well, that's, that's that's Final, Has Final Cut Pro 7 been updated to support it yet? I don't know about 7. I, I would... I'd be interested to know that. I'm so let's explain this in here. the context of, for example, the pixel doubling with the uh, 3GS to the 4 on iPhone and the iPad 2 to the Just iPad. explain what happens if so, you don't support this. Okay, well, on the iPad, when the pixel double hap- when they did pixel doubling, text didn't shrink. So when you're looking at a web page, you didn't see suddenly text that was one-fourth the size right. of... The- uh, of the text before. The web pages were still rendering as if yes. they were at 1024 so by 768. So in the software, in iOS, it, it dou- pixel doubled, so the rendering just got sharper. So but instead the, of the physical, where, where there was one pixel, now yes. there were four. Right. And so the images and, and text rendering just got a little sharper. And it didn't that get is, sharper at all. It just got fuzzier, actually, well, I thought. Are different, different ways of saying the okay. same thing. On the MacBook uh, Pro now, the new one, because it is a pixel doubling of 1440 by 900, the if you compare it next to another 15-inch laptop, it needs to be it's the 1440 by 900 equivalent. So the the font size, your icon sizes, default icon sizes, right. default uh, window sizes look the same as a 1440 by 900 screen, except you have. Sharper text rendering. So what this all, what this all really boils down to in real terms is Apple has provided a lot of interesting scalable scalability options in their mm-hmm. system preferences with the yeah. display. But the reality is, if you if if the app does not support the high definition panel at the nat- at that super high native resolution, it's probably going to look kind of pixely and shit. Well, he, he, well here's and, it, and it, we'll get to examples of that in just a second. So it's fourteen forty by nine hundred pixel doubled, but you can slide up one more option to nineteen twenty by ten eighty. Um, th- Simulated, and what they do for that is they actually render at four times nineteen twenty by ten eighty, and then shrink and then down. Shrink down. That's idiotic. So you get dithering in that. So it's not pixel perfect to twenty eight eighty by eighteen hundred. Look, the, so, I mean, the bottom line: this is only going to be a problem right now for the crazy early adopters. Six months from now, anyone building apps for the Mac is going to be supporting these resolutions. Correct, but. Apple has a change in Mountain Mind. I feel like Will has something. I I know Will has something, and I'm going to keep on going. So, 
in OS 10 just keep filibustering mountain more. lion when you <laughs> or lion when you uh, ch- change your desktop resolution will the you max, yield to the gentleman from Tennessee hold on when you the max resolution you can go up to is 1920 by 1080 equivalent pixel doubled which you get a performance hit because they actually pixel double that and then scale down to 2880 by 1800. You can't actually get native one-to-one pixels 2880 to 1800 on the desktop. When you launch a game, though, for example, Diablo 3 or Portal, you can then have the option to render native 2880 But by then the UIs are going to be tiny. But then the, the UI is tiny if changed. the game... So, for example, Valve, which this happens if you have any 30-inch monitor and tried to pull down the developer console before they, they fix that and... The, the, it looked terrible. It, it was. A, it was. You see that? The, yeah, you, the, yeah. You see the the limitations of the borders and everything. Playing Diablo, WoW on on a on a thirty thirty inch panel five years ago was yes. impossible because you couldn't see the icons to click on them. Diablo apparently works fine in a uh, in a NAND's testing, uh, running at twenty eight eighty by eighteen hundred on this new laptop because it has uh, Nvidia's six fifty M, the Kepler chip. He got around you know twenty thirty FPS. Uh, I think. I, I want to see what Diablo looks like at 2880 by 1800 on oh, a so, screen. Here's, if you want to, uh, if you want to understand the pixel doubling difference, the best way to do it is Anand installed Windows on a bootcamp partition last night. Oh God, I saw it was hilarious. The pictures, the Metro interface. Yeah, and until you scale up the DPI in Windows, which you can do, it's, it's something that they support. Um, then it, it it is the the icons are minuscule. The Metro buttons are tiny. Well, yeah, it's because, really hard to right, use. I think. This is this is obviously a very very sexy product, and I think these kind of super high definition displays. This is where we're going to wind up, right? The, I mean, we've installed at 1080p for a long time, right? And this, and this, and now we're starting to see, you know, th- th- first with the phone, now with the iPad, now with this new Pro, we're seeing the benefits of just how beautiful these super high definition displays look. The Pro, and, and I think it's great that Apple's out there again, kind of on the bleeding edge with this very very high end elite product. It is kind of weirdly, I think, a product ahead of its time. Like bizarrely ahead of its time because there isn't the, the software assets aren't there to support it. There, so as a result, a lot of stuff actually doesn't look great because it's not optimal. Yeah, why Honestly, did why did they release this as a product? The uh, the larger issue isn't the software; it's the storage. I mean, since they're right. going SSD only in this, which is clearly future looking, right? A two hundred fifty six gig to seven hundred sixty eight gig main drive isn't big enough for people who are doing high def yeah. video. Or but isn't the reality photos. that people that work like that in media creation are actually keeping all that stuff on, in theory, on, on, on extra volumes anyway? In, in theory, yes, but because the software that supports the new display, Final Cut and Aperture, don't really deal well with external, not always attached storage. It, it becomes a real yeah, awkward, but, weird situation. But if I've got USB 3 and Thunderbolt, and I've got a USB 3 or Thunderbolt hard drive, I can just take that, import it into, onto whatever revolving you know SSD storage I have, bring it over super fucking fast, edit it the way I want it, and then put it back on that old volume. See, you would think that, but you've not actually used Aperture or Final Cut, and they don't handle that well. That's not a workflow that they really support. You, they both expect to have drives that are always connected. So if you try to store your your work files, your Aperture library, your Final Cut events on a on an external drive or a network drive, well, maybe not USB, but Thunderbolt. It's not about. I'm not talking about latency. I'm talking about what happens if you. They, I'm talking about not being able to open Aperture if you don't have that drive connected. Like you can't use the software if your index. Aperture library is on an external drive. You can't use the software unless that drive's connected. Mm. Same thing for Final Cut breaks in it really is, it weird ways. It is weird ways. because 256 gigs, even 768 gigs, that's not enough for media, no. for video. No, I mean, I, I have, I mean, I, I know even doing podcast editing, 
uh, the the Garage Band file for this podcast, which is a four track audio podcast, yeah. will be two gigs at the end of the. I think, end of I think this most I think most people that content professionals, prosumers, whatever you want to call them, that will be looking at this device, Agreed. the high end Mac, will be will will probably not be getting the base. They're going to be jacking up to five twelve or seven six. And then you're looking at instead of a two thousand dollar laptop, which is already two hundred dollars plus tax, right? right. A four thousand dollar laptop if you go up to seven sixty eight gigs, it gets really expensive. Really yes, fast. it does. So I mean, I think you're right. I think it's ahead of its time. I think it's. A, I think this is a ahead of its time in that uh, it n- not ready. The cost, the, benefit. the cost of yeah. flash storage yes. isn't low enough yes. yet for this I to think, be a really viable. I, I, machine. I think App, you know it's one of those things where I think Apple will actually sell a lot of these. You know, there are people out there with more money than they know what to do with it or buy sure. this because they want the new, the new hotness. I think it actually is an attractive again, given what you're comparing it to with the other MacBook Pros, which now look kind of funky and, and old. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's going to be the option for well, most people going forward, but I think for the most, I, I think for the most part, a- Apple is actually kind of putting this out there almost as like a statement. I think with a product like this, you do kind of reset the baseline for what people expect from really high end laptops. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of not a concept car exactly, but maybe like the Veyron, right? It's a it's a car that's Super not meant car. for main, mainstream production. Yeah, it's not meant for everyone. It's very specialized. Really, purpose. I won't even. And, no, that's giving it too. Okay, much so credit. it's the R eight. It's an it's. It's an audio, yeah, it's kind an, of. Yeah, it's, maybe yeah. it's this. Maybe it's the BMW Z3 in like 1994. Oh yes, that that's more of what it is, right? So it's a little bit overpriced. Or it's a Tesla. Uh, it's, maybe the right, this analogy is, is yeah, going I broke nowhere. the analogy, but um, the upshot is it's it's we're looking we're moving toward a world where laptops and desktops are going to be flash only. Um, but it is almost like a world's fair kind of laptop. Yeah. It's like this. Look, you look at you, you look at that laptop. Today and they call it the next generation Mac, or new, whatever it is that they're calling it, and you can very easily now look at that and extrapolate what the Air and all, all laptops will probably be looking like two or three generations down so, the road. Going back to the Air, if we were to make, I mean, none of us, not all three of us, none of us are in the market for this laptop. No, we'll get and it I, in. No, to, and, to and check you're out talking about some of the biggest Mac suckers exactly. in America sitting we, at this table, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and we're not. We're not. No, no. Like twenty two hundred dollars is expensive, and I know. Having said that, I still haven't subjected myself to the final test, which is when you actually clock it, it in the, real life, because oh then the lust will kick in. But I'm pretty confident. And here's it's there's, the there's, there's, there's a number of th- it's, yeah, there's, what, it's, there's a number of things going on here. I don't need anything like that, like that kind of power. You don't really use computers. I mean, you use computers. The the only powerful machine I need is the one on my desk. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't need a lot of power in a laptop. I, again, many other people do, but the, the biggest thing is I'm so seduced by the portability air that it would yeah. actually feel, in many ways, like a big step down to go back to a heavier machine. I know like Will doesn't have one right now, but we have 11. I mean, inch I, I MacBook use Airs. I use the the same 11 inch MacBook yeah. Air that Gary has it, for. Six it months. is incredible to realize that that is a fully functional, no compromised yeah. computer. Maybe like storage capacity for the, compromise, well, the, but the advantage you get from traveling. And just day to day, taking yeah. it to it re- a coffee shop. It really shop. is a game changer for, for portability. The so, difference between that and my six pound MacBook Pro is the difference between feeling something in your bag and not feeling something in your bag. Like, it, yeah, when, you, when you carry the air, just like carrying the iPad, I didn't notice it was there. So, and, and I could carry an air and an iPad for less weight than I'm carrying today with just and my yet, laptop. And yet, you think the iPad, which is lighter, is too heavy. Do you know why I, I've been, I, I've had a lot of conversations about this lately. It's true. The reason I think the iPad is too heavy is it's replacing a paperback book, a piece of paper, something that you t- typically hold. It's too hold heavy for the way you hold one it. Hand. Right? Also, I, know, I know what you're saying. You also want to hold way, it with one hand. When you rest it on your belly, on the iPad, it's one edge, all two pounds of it, or one pound of it. I don't one have that problem with that. I'm padded on, more than on you. On the belly, and it's like cutting into you. But when I rest the MacBook Air on my belly, it's flat. Well, it's then you just warm up your belly. Yeah, you get a nice exactly. pink belly. Um, 
because the new MacBook takes so much from the Air, we can, I think we can all envision couple years down the line when the air the pro monikers are all gone and it's just macbook yeah and i and i think yeah, 11 oh, inch 13 yeah, inch yeah, and I, and I, display across the board and if i'll make one prediction i think that actually a year from now with the next whatever the refresh is i think i think you'll start to see that retina panel bleed down to the air and across the line which that's the big question this is one of those things it depends on how fast they can get power consumption down I, on that panel I, that's the thing i don't think because it's a lot of the new macbook pro has a bigger battery. It's ninety-five watt hours. I think it's, a, it's four it's, big batteries. It's I think massive. I mean, when you battery. think about it, the panel. I mean, they're already they're already manufacturing Retina panels in mass for the iPad three, and the panel for an eleven-inch MacBook would really not be that different. Well, it's getting the bigger iPad, each time. Think about it. The you know, supply chain is changing because first it was a four point uh, a three point five inch screen, then it's the ten inch screen. Now it's a fifteen inch. The forty-hour watt battery in the MacBook or in the uh, iPad three is bigger than the one in my MacBook Air. Right. Yeah. Uh, it'll need a bigger battery, so I don't. I don't think that Apple would sacrifice the weight and size of the MacBook Air, 11 inch, 13 inch, to f- accommodate a display and have lower battery life. Because the MacBook Air already has pretty crappy battery life. Yeah. But if you look at it, there, there does seem to be a, 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 a learning curve that they're getting better at. Like for example, so the retina, so the, when the first Retina display came out in the iPhone 4, yeah. it was two generations after. It was two generations of, of iPad before they could get the Retina display in there. Remember we speculated no, about. No, no. Yeah, it was. iPad 1 didn't have it. iPad 2 didn't have it. iPad oh, 3 had I, it. iPhone 4 came out the same we year talk, as iPad 1. I remember, right, right. I remember being in line with you, Will, for the iPad 2 saying, or for the iPad 1 saying, oh, wouldn't it be great if the iPad 2 had that panel? And yeah. you said, no, they can't do it, blah, 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 volume, the pixel density. Yeah. And you were right. It took two generations. But now, but now, kind of, even though they're different product lines, basically one generation after the iPad 3 with the next MacBook, they now have the next generation of Retina panels, much bigger, 15-inch. So I think they're getting faster at iterating well, these of things course. and figuring out how to make I, them bigger I, and, and cheaper. And as the volume of the product that they're selling those panels into goes up, you know, if you look I'm at the number of new iPads they've they've sold, then they can they can, then it ramps faster the more products are it, bringing the into the channel. It's all about the battery. Yeah, the next yeah. that that is the the challenge is getting yeah. the battery. Into Every, that I mean, it, 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 I mean, battery is always the bottleneck. Whether it's power, whether it's whether yeah. it's also the, the display, whatever price. it is. I think. Yeah. Uh, if they were to do that, if they nine ninety nine nine ninety nine price for an entry yeah, level they, laptop, I don't think they can bump that up. Uh, they might even have, and I don't think they would release two screen models for like an eleven inch. You know, I kind of feel like if they can sell you a, sell you an iPad three for for five hundred bucks with that Retina panel and the power that that machine has, that's they're not chip, that though. far away it's, from it's being able to sell you a MacBook Air. For Intel, the Intel price. chips are more expensive. Yeah, I don't. Like, I'm not Tim Cook. I don't know the the you know the ins and outs of the logistics yeah. of the supply chain and the prices of yeah. you know different uh, parts. Uh, but we all want it. I mean, there's yes. no question. And it is it is coming. It's just a question of how soon. I think that. And so well, once again, I think Apple often sets kind of the tempo in terms of like what you know where yeah, they, where, I mean, where the te- where the hardware trends are going. And with this product, this is what they're doing more than anything is saying this is now going to be the new race. Is, it's a is, line is in this the sand. Pixel density race. And yeah. the expectation and the hope that. Eventually, soon next year, maybe we have that we'll have a MacBook Air with that type of display. Is why I would recommend. That's why I think this launch here, as awesome as across the board as it may seem, I think it's a weird time. Yeah, and I would not be happy buying that. No, not at all. There's actually never been MacBook a Air. as 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 sexy as there's actually never been a greater disconnect for me in my memory of the sexiness of a product because the Retina Pro obviously is super sexy yeah. Yeah. and how much I really don't need it. Like it's, yeah. I'm not even close to wanting to buy that. Yeah, thing. like I could almost I do a little bit of video editing on a weekly basis and a little bit of audio editing on a weekly basis and I have yeah. a big photo library. I'm actually I can excited see doing you, that. I'm actually more excited for you. I think you've got the most exciting upgrade path going forward. I'm going to take my old Air which is two generations old and yeah. I'm going to get the new one. I, okay. I, so I 
got a nice two generation bump. I think my um, wife is I into think, your old air. Yeah, so I'm happy to, to sell you my old air for a very reasonable price. I think Norm is happy where he is for right now. He's Great. Gonna, he's going to stick. Totally. And I'm just going to wait till they upgrade that screen. He's not, he's not going to take another card right no. now. No, no. I'm, but I'm, you, however, I think you're going to. I think you're going to hit twenty one. I think you're going to hit a blackjack. Because you, you are you double are, down opportunity. Well, you are positioned. You are positioned for the card. best. You say I have eights. Should I split? Oh no, no, you never you, split eights. You have no. You, you, have always, a, no, you, you have, always split. You eights. always split eights. You always split eights. You always split twos. No, yeah, no, you split. Yeah, you can split twos. You can. You can. It's not. Twos. It's not a brilliant split. Aces oh, no. and eights. You always split. Aces. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. But. So Will right now is in a position where he's got what is it? How many generations old a is that? Two thousand nine pro? pro. All right, so a fairly old pro, which is heavy and you know has the limitations that it has. It does have a terabyte actually, of storage. Though, you'll which actually is nice. be switching to an air, which in everything other than storage, yeah, which again I think is very easily mitigated by a nice little pocket hard drive and a USB three cable. Yeah, I need a faster one than that. Though is the problem. I need faster than USB three? No, no, I need I need a faster drive than is going to be in a USB three. Drive uh, a I self-powered see. drive. But anyway, so anyway, aside, yeah. aside from that, you are you're going to see a huge like the quality of your mobile computing life is probably going to take a bigger jump. Well, than and since any I use us. that as my main work computer, usually that oh, yeah. the quality of my life in general will improve. Just in general, um, yeah. So I just need to figure out a way to smash the old 13-inch MacBook Pro. So, I, I bottom line for me, the Retina Pro is a clearly a beautiful product. I do I do think it's one of these kind of zeitgeist changing products where this is now you're going to see Samsung and the other PC manufacturers trying to kind of go in that direction. Now, I do think it's it's the future of. Of Apple, it's clearly what Apple's statement of intention for what they want to do with yeah. the laptops going forward. But taken just as a product today, very, very attractive for many people. I think it does make the existing pros kind of weirdly obsolete, and yet at the same time, it feels like a bit of an oddity, don't you think? This new, this new MacBook. Well, the prices. The the thing about it is, it's real expensive. Like for what you're getting hardware wise, aside from the screen. It is a dramatically overpriced machine, and probably someone who's doing that kind of content creation is better served with a massive, fast spinning disk than a small, fast. But also, SSD. for example, I know I know about some, some other screenwriters that are really excited about it because they their laptop is their main machine. So yeah. they, they want a capable machine that can sit at yeah. their desk all day and do everything they want to do. Which is not just writing, but you know, obviously some media creation and are other those things. people with fifteen inch laptops right now or seventeen inch laptops right now? Fifteen, 15 yeah. Okay. Like Adam and Jamie and, both carry seventeen inch laptops, but they also want to they also want to be able to shut the lid and take it and not have to carry a huge heavy thing. So it actually is in a nice sort of sweet spot for those people. The thing that's interesting to me is it seems like it's replacing the seventeen inch MacBook Pro, which which I has a any, higher. I don't think anyone's sad to see that go. Well, yeah, a lot oh. of people use that as a desk. Like the 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 guys who do the things that you're talking about. But also use that as a real desktop are really sad because that was. I mean, now it's quad core on the 15 inch, obviously. But it's a, it's a. Well, you got to remember that even 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 though the screen size has got smaller, the, the actual real estate went way yeah. up. No, no, that's right, true. but it doesn't matter with the real estate. Like I still think I would rather have my 30 inch monitor with 25 lower, technically lower resolution than this 15 inch. But it being in front of me. With that much actual physical real estate, yes, is very hard. But for, and again, this is something that obviously a lot of people do. Plug it into a thirty-inch monitor when it's on your desk, and how great will it be to be able to again no, take, no, take, this you... thing, take this thing on the road and actually uh-huh. still have a comparable yeah. resolution? I mean, that that's the solution. Is you you plug it into a Thunderbolt dock, which mm. they're going to sell. So they're going to sell a Thunderbolt dock that you plug into the Thunderbolt port and has USB ports, Ethernet ports, all that stuff that runs off the PCI Express bus and a monitor connection. So you have one plug to make it a, to, to basically docking station your, your Mac. I, th- I think it's a very interesting product. I think there are weird kind of things about it we haven't quite figured out yet, like who exactly it's aimed at. But I think it's, it, 
forward looking. I, yes. Is the word. Okay, so very let's much move, so. We've talked about this a ton. Let's All right, move let's on. Move on. Okay. Uh, OS 10 Mountain Lion, we've talked about it a, a bunch. They talked about a few new things on Monday, but nothing nothing really. Was there anything really new? Um, well, okay, the, the so that, that we, had, that we hadn't previously seen? <laughs> because that, that announced, the, the Mountain Lion stuff came after the laptop, and no one was paying attention. No, I no. was because I, I made sure I'm always excited about the OSX updates. So, so the things that have changed are AirPlay streaming. Obviously, we knew about mirroring. iMessage. We know about mirroring is coming. Oh, to, now mirroring. the iMessage thing is actually a big deal because you and I have complained for a long time about how the phone number and the Apple ID are oh, not this unified. Messages pushing to one device but not another. Yes, I think now they've finally figured that yes. out where everything will push through to every device. Just and you're not going to. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Yeah, I, I tried to send you a message and you didn't get it because it fucking only it went to my to your phone. iPad, which is in another yeah. room. Yeah, I think yeah. it needs to be smarter. It needs to be smarter with uh, geogating. It needs to know that when I'm at a desktop, um, then it doesn't send my phone. It sends my desktop, and so I don't get a double on my phone. Um, I, I, that would be nice. I'm fine with I the way that's a, li- I, that's a little bit high. I'd much rather have it go everywhere than just one place. Because the problem I always had was that the only way you could get I well, message your phone number. I just don't want the pop up. Well, that's true. I, why would I? Yeah, the no, worst I get thing it. is I get, a message pop up and then having the phone buzzing every, yeah, every, exactly. every two seconds, or or even better, just when you see it one place, when you clear the notification one place, it goes away on the other three places. Yeah, um, th- that's a fairly minor problem, I think. Uh, AirPlay streaming and mirroring is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. AirPlay, I love that. Like everybody is chasing AirPlay at this point. God, yeah. So how do you AirPlay stream mirroring? Off the off that the laptop. I mean, I guess it's nineteen twenty. Well, here, it's here's yeah, here's the thing. That's you th- no no. What th- is the what is the what is the bit rate of that stream? Uh, fast, fast slower than N because it's the o- the the, o- the only question is how much content is going to get locked out of that mirroring because we already see that on the iPad yeah, we'll three. See. I mean, it's a flag. So if you have an HTML5 video player, you just set a flag in the in the. But it's actually, but it's actually a nice kind of quick and dirty HTPC option for people that yeah, you know, oh, just yeah. want to just stream whatever's on their laptop right up to their TV. Well, and the other thing that's really interesting to me is if you're in a Mac business, which is kind of rare but increasing, especially. I mean, we everywhere we go when we see startups and stuff like that, they're all of course all Mac at this point, right? For the most part. Um, those guys, like if you have a conference room with a projector, you hook an Apple TV up to it and then you don't ever have to plug anything in in there again. You just right. airplay to the conference room. Right. That's really exciting to right. me. So there was a ton of features. The other thing that I thought people, that I thought was quite Notification nice. Notification center we haven't talked about yet. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's so, going to be nice. So, um, they, so basically their version of Growl, right? Well, but Growl's kind of done weird things in the last year. And, and, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I never know how I feel about apps being Sherlock. Remember Sherlock used to be what Spotlight yeah. did and now they're gone. Yeah. Um, notification center looked pretty good. Notification center looks fine. Uh, it'll tie into iOS notifications. Basically, this is the continued iOSification of uh, OS 10 that we saw with Lion, but instead of the garbage features like the wall of icons, we're right. actually seeing stuff that's They're actually bringing over the stuff around. that's appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Um, the iCloud syncing. So this is really nice. I use the reminder list on iOS all the time. Right. So being able to sync that stuff across and see it on my Mac yeah. and check off and manage from there is really Documents exciting. Documents in the cloud is a big deal for me because I use pages. Uh huh. So right now I'm right. Like I do a lot of work in Google Docs right now because it is nice to be able to pick up any device and have it, but I don't have a native app that yeah. I like using. So I, I'm probably going to start working in pages, have everything in the cloud so I can, so the, you know, the, 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 the vision is, I work on my uh, iMac, write, write a document, go somewhere, pick up my iPad, 
and, it, and with, with my version of pages and the same document is there and I can ch- make changes live. So I do that with Rightroom, but it's not it's not a rich text editor. It's just a flat text editor. So right. you you have no italics. And I mean, one thing that was pretty, I mean, you, you, like I mean, you saw uh, one of the Apple guys demo where he swapped out a picture in like a poster yeah. and it instantly, the change was instantly reflected on the other machine. That was kind of cool. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm still not sure how I feel about this because it's one of those things that removes the file metaphor from the from the desktop OS, right? Because when you're when you're saving pages in the cloud, I guess there's a file on the machine someplace. You can make a file on the machine someplace, but it seems like it's just kind of ethereal, right? Data, Which, not files. Yeah, I, I and I don't. I really don't know how. I, I don't know that I like that necessarily. Like I, I can see myself continuing to use applications. To let me. I mean, make files. I get a bit nervous about it. Like, so I'm running a document in Google Docs right now, and it's yeah. great to be able to, to have it there, and other people can cl- comment on it, or whatever. But I get a bit nervous about just what happens if Google explodes tomorrow. Or like, what? It, what? Yeah. What if the service is down? I want. I want to know that there's an offline version being saved somewhere. Well, you can do that with Google Drive now. So if you set up Google Drive, and yeah, set so it I to have enable that. offline files, then it'll keep it synced on your on your machine locally. Yeah. So that's actually that's what I need to do is find the setting that will enable the. There's offline There's only like version. two settings in that. Google Drive app. So one of them, one okay. of them does. I'm going to look. At, I'm going to look into that. Um, let's see. The last couple of things. Yeah, uh, the, the other nice thing with all the people providing these free services is the idea of cloud backup redundancy. I can have yeah. documents in iCloud, Google Drive, and Dropbox, Dropbox, and so no matter what happens, mm-hmm. short of like complete total fucking nuclear war. I'm probably probably gonna, my documents are probably going to be okay. Yeah, somewhere. I heard some. Um, I think uh, one of the Wired editors wrote a book about you know the tubes and where where the cloud actually exists. Yeah, and, North uh, Carolina said, and Oregon. No, it's it would be incredibly difficult to take out any of these services all at once. Well, because Amazon's EC2 and S3 are stored in like nine different data centers around yeah, the world. Like it, it would, I mean, that's the whole point of the internet. It depends on the app, operation. though. Because like you look at some of them, and some people, if you're not using S3 and EC2 right, then like when we when we went down when EC2 bombed out last year, we went down because all of our services were stored in one Amazon center, the one that happened to go down. So it's a, it's up to the provider. If Dropbox doesn't do their stuff right, then your stuff is is just as you know is is just as vulnerable or more so. Right. Um, Twenty bucks for a family license. That's pretty nice. Oh, is it family? It's for as many machines as are associated with your Apple ID. Oh, so which yeah. was the which was the case last it, with time. Lion as well? Yeah, yeah except for thirty because bucks because you can only get it from the Mac App Store. That, to, that's across. Is it your twenty account. bucks only from Lion to Mountain Lion? It's or? twenty bucks from Snow Leopard to Mountain Lion. Okay. They also pointed out that if you do go out and buy a Mac today, you'll get the update for yeah, free. Yeah, for free. Yeah. yeah. Um, out in July. Okay. Very exciting. And it's like you said, twenty bucks. Uh there's a there's twenty a few bucks other is kind of things. Twenty bucks the pricing thing is twenty bucks is, is sticking it to app, at Microsoft. Yeah, because Microsoft charging ninety nine dollars. I guess it's a little cheap. Uh, we don't know what it's gonna cost yet. They haven't said yet. Historically, the cheapest you could get Windows. Windows is ninety nine dollars. Eighty to ninety nine, yeah. depending on specials. Yeah. Um and it's of course it's just a different business model. Apple makes more money on their machine up front because they have margin mm-hmm. on hardware mm-hmm. and so they can afford to release the OS for practically nothing. Um, let's talk about iOS six. This is the wow. this is the big Chihuahua. Uh, oh, uh, Mountain Lion's out next month. I I downloaded the developer preview on my Mac, but I haven't installed it yet. So I'm gonna let I'll let you know. So how I, it iOS six. They probably spent more time on this than any other segment, right? Because it was a lot. No, it they, was forty five minutes to an hour. It was an hour. It was an hour. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. It was an hour for MacBooks. Twenty minutes for because for iOS Mountain six Lion. actually. 
a lot of the mountain lion stuff we'd seen, and we'd seen a lot of iOS 6 and stuff, but they actually did roll out a lot of new things, a lot of a couple of big banner headline things, yeah. and also a lot of little a detail of, work that we hadn't seen. So, so it's always the detail work that I like the most. That Shared to me, streams. My, the, 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 there's well, no, no. My like favorite thing is stuff. like all the little undocumented little things that they fixed. Like, yeah. for, like the two hundred things. Like, here's the thing. I'm. This sounds ridiculous. Here's the thing. I'm actually most excited about. You don't have to put your password in to update your apps anymore. Really? Oh, really? What? That's awesome. That I'm actually going to go update my one. apps now. Yes. Yeah. That's it, a- it's a hassle. And like, why do I even need that? So someone might maliciously update my apps. Well, if you lock your phone, then there's no reason to have to type your password in every time you buy a fucking app. Right. Exactly. Um, well, you might have to do it once when you buy an app, just not when you well, want to install updates. My point is, if you if you lock the phone, if the phone has a code, yes. then, then you should be able to say, yeah, I'm willing to take the chance that somebody else will get my phone while it's unlocked and steal some apps. Yeah, I agree. Um. Passbook is the big thing, I think. I think this pass, is, Passbook is, is going to be hopefully tremendous. So this is one of the things that I don't like about iOS and one of the things that both Android and Microsoft are doing pretty well is app-to-app communication with um, contracts and uh, uh, intents on Android. Uh, Apple doesn't really have that, but it seems like their strategy for that similar functionality for apps working together is to collect similar apps with the same purposes into an API and put them in kind of an app hub. So like newsstand right. is that app hub for magazines and newspapers and stuff right. like that. But this is actually an implementation of it that seems really useful. So Passbook, yeah, Passbook is the first one of those that I'm excited about. Uh, what it is is a is a application for uh, that collects all the things that you need, like physical tokens for tickets. in the world. Movie tickets, air, airline tickets, Starbucks, Mem- bar, code, 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 yeah, loyalty yeah. cards, uh, Safeway, Safeway coupons, uh, code, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're putting it in a geofenced app. So the the one app is constantly location aware, right? And when you get near Starbucks, it go goes ahead and cues your Starbucks right. QR code. Or if I buy a movie ticket on Fandango, and of right. course the ticket knows what theater that ticket is good at, right? Once I enter the theater, it should pull it right up onto mm-hmm. the lock screen so that right. I can just scan it and go through. Um, same thing for airline tickets. So when yeah. you're at the Virgin Line at, at SFO, it'll say, "Oh, okay, you're at the airport and you're getting ready to fly someplace today." So. Mm-hmm. So this no is no more searching through email oh. for the confirmation number. I used to what I used to do when I had a QR code for like a boarding pass or whatever, yeah. I would just take a screenshot of the screen. Oh, oh that's smart. a good idea. And just use that. I would that's... forward it to myself to be at the top of the list again. I priority inboxed it. Yeah. But Three different solutions that yeah. were all bad. But you don't have to do that anymore. And of course, typical of Apple, the you know, it looks beautiful. The aesthetics of the tickets yeah. and everything just look really nice. Somebody pointed out it was really, well, that's really gonna be up to app developers. It was really, really cool. So you can see this kind of like skeuomorphic wallet with yeah. the ticket stacked up. That you can tell the difference between like an actual ticket and like a loyalty card is the tickets have those little clips cut out of them, so you can yeah. kind of you can see the difference between the different kinds of cards. Don't encourage this behavior, Gary. <sighs> um, I, I'm really excited about this. I think that this is the thing that Apple seems to have been doing over the last five five years is that they'll roll out a new uh, a whole new direction for the OS and test it out with one specific kind of app. Well, do you so remember they tested they, out the syncing with the reminders last last release? Apple got a patent for uh, or they were looking into uh, or concerts. Remember concerts yeah. and using ticketing and stuff? And I think this is the Imagine result of that. Right. And it could be indicative of NFC finally making its way into... And, this, and so this will be an API for this, right? So anyone yeah, like, so, so anyone that wants to push a coupon into your wallet or be able to support this, it'll be easy enough for them I to assume that this will be something that you can control whether the apps are able to participate in. So right. you say, okay, Fandango and Starbucks and Virgin America are allowed to take advantage of this. Right. Um, I, I, I'm... I'm very interested to see how it works in practice. Uh, I haven't installed the beta yet. I have it downloaded, but it seems like uh, it, none of the apps that are available now actually support it. Yet. I think it's going to be it's something new and different. That's awesome. Uh, I'm more excited about the uh, priority changes 
uh, for phone calls and e- and emails. So this is oh yeah. So the other the other thing about pass maybe you mentioned the other thing about passport that I really loved is like things like gate changes actually get pushed right yeah. through to your boarding mm. pass, so you can see those things get updated live. But a, a lot of that's going to be up to the app developer. So. Um, and right. it's encouraging you to use their apps to, like, for example, you have to use Fandango app. Yeah, you have to have the app installed in order for that and, to work. Yeah, there's actually a pretty there. good incentive for, yeah. for people like Fandango and United Airlines, Starbucks, whatever, to actually yeah. support this. Yeah. Um, Norm, you, you mentioned the phone yes. uh, changes. So, so there's, a, there's a VIP mailbox, first of all, for email. So you can uh, prioritize certain people. That's email. Uh, exactly. That, that both prioritization and managing incoming messages. Now, what, VIP, is that, what, now what does that mean? VI, so my VIP list, so, uh, what, what does that mean? So notifications, certain emails get pushed to notification center. So, oh, okay. so if I okay. say Gary, Norm, Gina, and my dad are my VIP, my email VIPs, right. then those are the only people I'll see notifications On from. the lock Got screen. It. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is I think, good. Yeah. Any, any type yeah, of... Because I don't want to pick it up and see like, oh, yeah, here's a exactly. spam diet yeah. pill yeah. offer or More something. granular control over I, the type of notifications you get. Is very good, especially in email, where the where mm-hmm. the ratio of yes. stuff you want to get notified to yes. is real low. And the fo- the phone call stuff is really interesting. This though. is a, something this is like incoming no one call expected. stuff. It's a dumb right? phone feature. This is a feature that my Ericsson T sixty eight I had ten years eight years ago. So you have now built in the reply options for phone. When you receive a phone call, if you're in a meeting or recording a podcast, you can send directly to voicemail or send an automatic text reply back. Right. In addition to that, you can have your phone remind you to call the person back. Uh, based on how much time and also based on geofence. Right. And very that cool. is very cool. Very cool. Um, the other thing that people were really excited about, even though it's a very small update. Oh, and a do, oh, sorry. And a do, do not, not disturb. disturb. Do, do not disturb what, is that's, the that's, that's where I was going. Oh, sorry. <laughs> people, people were actually hootering and hollering. And I was as well because like, yeah, the number of times that I've had my fucking iPhone or my iPad go off in the middle of the night. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Some asshole's fax yeah. machine. Yes. The thing. Uh, the, so there's two things and, that are and, neat and, about and, that, and and a couple of there are some neat features associated that you can have people that what, that are the VIPs from that. go right. The through VIPs it. can go through. Also, if they and call the two, repeatedly, three minute call thing is really cool. Yeah. The 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 unfortunate thing about that is I wish that that feature applied to all notifications, not just phone calls. I wish Do Not Disturb was a notification setting, not Also, a, I'm unsure, is Do Not Disturb a toggle like airplane mode, or can you yeah. time gate it? Can you say, I go to bed at 10 o'clock, exactly. don't bother I me I want to time gate it. That's what I, that's what I want. So yeah. between, between midnight and mm-hmm. 7 a.m., yeah. yeah, Do, do not, not Disturb is always on. I don't want to have so to turn I, on the phone, flip to I didn't see that, but it yeah. would be nice to... I don't have to manually remember to turn it on every iOS night. And also 7. turn it off in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, iOS 7, Gary. Yeah. It's Got to hold something. Got to hold a little bit See, if there were contracts between apps, then it would be in path. Right. Is that path to let me, you know, I'm sleeping in path and that would turn on to not yes. disturb mode, but there right. are no contracts. No right. contracts. Um, so this is all very, very good. The, Call management the, is getting much better. The big thing. The, okay, let's, the, let's go to the shitty thing. Oh, Siri updates. Bleh. Bleh. You know, well, they, I think people will use the sports thing. So they talked about shit that they're changing with Siri. They didn't talk about the places that Siri breaks, which is almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think we'll find yeah, there out wasn't, more. There wasn't a lot of bragging. Apple always does its bragging. There wasn't a lot of bragging about Siri because I think they realize it's actually not. Well, they did a whole video about. about it. But the, the, thing, the thing that I think that – one of the things that I've learned by talking to people who do natural language recognition is that in order to get better at it, you need massive samples of voice to, to be able to tell what the differences – model the, the many differences in different people's voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully with the data they've been collecting during the beta – of Siri, they'll improve the recognition. I don't know. Yeah. Siri, my breath. Being able to launch an app is not useful if I can't do anything in That's that. That's the problem. App. Like so, if I want Siri to launch Spotify and then play certain songs, can't do that. So if we're talking about Apple beta testing new features with their own apps and then rolling them out in the next release, I think next release we'll see an API for Siri integration. 
uh, because we 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 like we saw geo fencing last generation. Well, especially when it's something that's going to come to apps this like generation. a music app where it taps already into native APIs like playback, music yeah. playback. Why can't I say play and stop and next track? Why can't I play an audio? Why can't I play an audio yeah. song? Um, because Apple wants you to buy music for iTunes. You want to talk about the big one? Uh, no, let's let's go down the uh, FaceTime over cellular. I have to say I've used FaceTime more in the last six or eight months since my parents got iPhone fours and four S's than I ever expected to. This is gonna, why, is, uh, why is that something that's only available now? What what happened between now, uh, then 4G and now? 4G networks rolled out, so the 3G okay. networks are less congested. But you know what? Okay. And we'll get to this after we talk about the Apple stuff. Uh, FaceTime sucks data like crazy. Really? Is it bad? One hour FaceTime call is a gig. Wow. Yeah. If you're, if you're, on, if you're on cellular, people are going to want to watch their data real, real yeah. close. Unless and you're on an unlimited plan, which almost is this no how you ran out of FaceTime on I, our I, last trip? I, I, uh, I, I paid $20 for an extra gigabyte and you should have gone to gone. the unlimited. You should have gone to five gigs. That, that would have been $80. Oh, well. Um, of shared photo streams, this is a big deal. I, I am very excited about being able to have a curated photo stream that's a tested photo stream and one for my family. Yeah, and the ability and to have the social element with commenters, I've almost kind of felt yeah. like they're going after Instagram and some of these other totally. photo sharing well, services. Here's the question. There's, there's a bunch of different ways to do sharing between people. And they could do it the Dropbox way, which would be kind of weird and janky, where you just say, hey, I'm going to share this stream, and there's no kind of context you know the problem about with who the, the people Dropbox are. One, I like sharing folders in Dropbox. When you share a, fo- a folder with pictures in it, you ha- and you click the link, it goes to Dropbox's own little uh, website. Their, their slideshow, uh-huh. uh, their shadow box, and I don't, their light box, and I it's don't It's not like very that. good. The problem is also, though, it's going to be great to have this baked into the OS, and I'm sure the implementation will be good. It's never going to be as compelling as Instagram, which is platform agnostic. Well, but like, it, I'm, all I can do with my photo stream is just share it with my Mac buddies, my Apple buddies, right? But, Whereas at least with Instagram now, there's Android, there's other people in the mix. Instagram's mobile only, though. And right. you'll be able to share the photo stream on the web. You'll be able to see a web version of that, which you can't really do on Instagram right Web's, now. Webstagram, but it's not great. Yeah, it's not good. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, I'm really interested to see how this works. And, and it's, it's an opportunity for Apple to build a social network that's actually useful and that people care about, kind of like paths. Yeah. Like the v- people you're very, very close to, assuming they don't fuck it up. Now, so far, they, they're like, oh, for a thousand on social networks. So we'll see. I'm not holding yeah. my breath. Yeah. Um, but it's an interesting direction. Uh, then the other big thing that's coming this fall is face- Facebook integration. Yeah. So they're going to pull Facebook calendars, Facebook contacts. And um, uh, give you the opportunity to share like you do with Twitter now uh, with Facebook. Siri now, for iPad as well, right? Siri for iPad, uh, new Siri, iPad. Siri for, yeah, Siri for the iPad 3. Then the reason why I like the Facebook integration is as much as Facebook kind of bums me out these days, I still I do have a lot of people on there. I, do, I still kind of use it. Um, it will be You're so, there a lot. It's going to be nice to be able to do it from the OS and not have to use that fucking shit app that, that Facebook provides. My favorite thing about Facebook is actually seeing the contrast between your, your posts and Leah's posts. Because there'll be like a long involved conversation from Leah about uh, gender roles and, and children. Yeah, intelligent immediately, stuff. Immediately followed by you posting, why the hell did anybody tell you about Nutter Butters? Yeah. It was, it was good. <laughs> it was a it was strange You know what they say, opposites there. attract. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, uh, there's no app to app communication. By, and by the way, yes. Nutter Butters, oh, fucking wonderful. <laughs> by the way. See, in I have case whole, you did I, not know. I have a whole plan this weekend to experiment with dipping Nutter Butters into Nutella to see how that goes. I'm uh, pretty confident it's going to be fucking great. Double nut? <laughs> yeah. And also somebody sent me a recipe for a uh, no-bake uh, peanut, uh, Nutter Butter, uh, peanut butter uh, cream pie. Which that sounds I'm, pretty revolting. Does it? Mm. I don't even know who I don't you like, are I don't anymore. like cream pies as a general rule. So 
What? You don't like chocolate cream pie? Uh, not really. Banana not, cream not pie? Banana cream pie. But yeah. You like Boston cream pie? I love Boston See, cream pie. But go. it's not really a pie. It's a cake. I guess so. It's two layers of cake with oh, pie in between. You, you don't like that, that, that graham cracker crust? Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway. Uh, so still no ambient data. But obviously, Apple does not care about ambient data if nope. we're not rolling they ambient like data They like beautiful icons, what they um, quote-unquote. They uh, The interesting thing, though, is that the, by bundling the, the apps into into hub apps like the passbook thing i think that i think that's their answer to ambient data i think they're saying we're going to put this in a contextual way that you know know what to look for and where to find it Mm -hmm. it's much easier than scrolling through dozens of pages of apps Mm -hmm. um and that's it it's going to come out this fall oh oh one one more thing the one the the big thing the thing we all knew was coming maps Maps. upgrade no longer google provided uh uh, tom 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 I, I use the TomTom Tom app, and I have to say the TomTom Tom app is, with the exception of just, the voice oh, being kind of mouthy, data. just so, in terms of the actual map data, is good. It's is decent, and it's user it's user updated, so it updates. You get downloads every few months that change the the routes and, and stuff. And like interface now is all provided by Apple. Yeah, I'm um, excited about that because, like, if you look at things that have that have traditionally terrible UIs, GPS is real bad. Like GPSs are not good user we, we interfaces. Well, I mean, having been in the car with you for the past two weeks for trips and using both iPad and iPhone for turn by turn directions, and Tom, I, I Tom. cannot could, can, cannot wait to get rid of this the old Maps app. Yeah, so the Maps app obviously currently is not great. It doesn't do turn by turn. Android phones that's an advantage that they've historically yeah. had for a long time. Um, I actually I, I I have a Garmin dedicated GPS in my car, which is an absolute piece of fucking shit. I'm yeah. convinced it's been trying to kill me for some time now. That seems right. So I uh, would too if I were your GPS. Turn left into the river. So no, what are you doing, Garmin? So that's fucking going. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to be looking into. I'm going to do you want cradle. The, you want the I'm going to dot the iPhone yeah. into the thing. But using the iPhone, it gets really hot. I don't care. Gets, I, I replace it, it every year. Really who cares? Off. Yeah, run it's, that thing hard and put it up God wet. Damn. If it's in a cradle, who cares? Um, and you know what? If you're going to use your iPhone as your, uh, you better turn off notifications if you're going to use it as your term return thing. Why? Because you're going to be so tempted to tap for Twitter. You tap for Twitter regardless. Y- you this tap for I... Twitter regardless. No, I don't tap for Twitter Are when I'm driving. Are you fucking kidding me? No. You say that. Okay. Anyway, I turn, don't, turn, I don't turn, tweet and drive. Turn by turn look nice. Obviously, Siri integration, so it'll be nice. And that's to be, the big It'll be deal. nice to be able to just they don't say, care about I want to go to this address. No, flyover. Flyover is use. very, very, it's very, very sexy tech demo. I don't understand the practical application of it at yeah. all. Never going to use it. Street view, at least, I found useful. Sometimes when I'm like driving to a yeah. location where I kind of know where I'm going, but like, I don't fully know it just yeah, from you're the like, is it address? on the block with the laundromat? Or yeah, the I'm like, bar? I click on street view. I'm like, oh, I yeah. know where that is. Same Why thing with, I don't think is going to happen. It's that. the same even on desktop. You know, with Bing, bird's eye view, and and Google Maps, right? The the three quarters, you know, photo satellite view is not useful. What's more useful is the grid. This, right. The transparent buildings, you see the you know names of the the, yes, uh, the stores the things, and the businesses. Fly, the, the flyover view is. Beautiful. It looks. It looks like the, the Sim City game will be playing ten years from now, but it's not useful. I don't see how it's useful. The thing I'm excited about more than anything else is Siri integration. Siri, take me to Gary's house, and the fact that it updates traffic on the fly and says, "Hey, there's traffic in your way. Do you want to route around?" Anonymous that? updates from users yeah. who yeah. are. I've, I've been waiting. I, I I had been just recently. I was actually this because I was so sick of my Garmin. I was quite close to picking up a cradle. And just getting Navigon or one of the or third Tom party, Tom or, or yeah, Navigon whatever. Or whatever yeah. But I, I held out because I'm like, I know the Apple one is coming. I'll just wait for that, and here it is, and it looks pretty good. My prediction is that the TomTom Tom app will be three dollars 
real soon. It's fifty bucks right now. Yeah, the, all, all, of course, as usual, all the third party well, guys are going, "Oh shit, now what?" Now the big question, which and we I, don't and know I the think, and I think to. people that build GPSs for a living are going, "Oh shit, now what?" Yeah, as well, because Android obviously been eaten to that market for a while. iPhone's going to fucking decimate. Well, it. so Android has been able to cache maps locally on the device for for a fairly long time. You could say, "Okay, I want the northern, the western map, or the northwest map, or whatever." Yeah. So if you go outside of service, it still works because normally these devices, these things work by streaming the maps in from the internet and then displaying them locally. Right. Um, TomTom, when you download the TomTom app for the United States, you get a one gigabyte download right. and it has all the maps you need. Right. Um, the question is, are you going to be able to cache maps locally on this or is that something that's going to come in a later version of iOS? And they haven't said that you're going to be able to cache maps locally. So I assume that means it's a later, not a right now thing. Yeah. So we'll Which wait is, and see. That's a feature that Android, that Google announced it's Android. A, Google's had it for a while. It was. It may have been a lab for a while, but it's something you could do on they're, Android they're and have promoting. since 4. So they're promoting heavily now. Drilling right. drilling down into this a little bit more, there are some concerns about how they're handling transit data and things like that because it's not going to be coming from Google's central service anymore. Uh, they're talking about crowdsourcing like this data. Who knows really what that is going to Well, Google was entail. collecting from from uh, third-party providers as well. It's not like that information was coming from Google. It's that much, The fast-track sensors over the freeway pick up that stuff, right. and then it goes to another service, and then that service provides it to Google. So there, another question I think is interesting is now that Apple has basically just booted Google's Maps app off its front yeah. page, uh, do you think that Google will take that app and try and put it in the App Store as a, as a, think, as an op, as a free option? And would Apple allow that? Well, it won't be that app because that app was developed by Apple, but right. my hunch is that there will be in the Google, in the main Google app, which is a container right. for all the Google services, right. there will be a Google Maps option and probably a standalone Google Maps op- uh, uh, just like there's a Bing's map. Bing and you don't Maps think Apple would right stand now. in the way of that? They're happy to have it in the store? I don't think they could. I think they, oh, they, they, they'd probably get in trouble. Okay. Um, the, 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 yeah, I, I mean, this is a real, it'll be an interesting test because like, maps are tricky. Apple traditionally, when they come into a new market, they don't do it until they can do it better than everyone else and kind of Apple that up. So right. it's it's uh, I, I'm interested to see how that. I like that. I like that the turn by turn works in the lock screen. I'm presuming that notification banners will still push through, I and so. um, hopefully my music controls and stuff will be there because I like to use my iPod in the car a lot as my iPhone as my music player. Of course. So what I would like, presumably, this is how it works. It'd be shocking to me if it doesn't. But I can have my music playing in the background. And when Siri needs to say turn left here, it'll fade the music down. That's and, the way every yeah. other turn by turn app okay, on the good. iPod works right now. Good, good, it, good. Yeah. I can't wait for the uh, all the Kickstarters are gonna for the new car dash mounts. Cradles, yeah. yeah. I'm holding uh, out on, a, on, on one of those until we see the new phone because, you know, different form factor. We made it. It's all cradle. about the charging. Well, you most of them are. are yeah, none of but them. You, were, but you, you know, you never know. No, that's it, true. None of it's going to matter if uh, the new phone has a different docking connector. It's, oh my goodness! Pins gone. Oh, shit. That's the part. That's the yeah. thing that I hate the most about the current phone implementation, uh, using the dash dangles. So that's yeah. so we haven't talked about it much because I think it's all kind of pointless. But we're seeing we are seeing a lot of these uh, you know parts of this this seemingly elongated new iPhone. And one of the things that's interesting Don't care. is that maybe a different September. September. Fall. Dude, yeah, wake, wake me when September comes. Yeah. Who wants to speculate about the future technology on this right. podcast? It's not. This is not what this podcast is for. So we're talking about Apple stuff that they talked about this week at, at length already. So does that by pretty much cover it? That's, that's pretty much everything. I think there was something else about maps I wanted to say. And I can't oh, and the other thing is uh, the in-car integration will be interesting as well. A lot of the companies, uh, a lot of car auto companies are committing to this. Uh, I guess everyone except Ford because they have their own relationship with Microsoft. Microsoft. Um, but a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of auto manufacturers, I guess, mm-hmm. are going to start building 
You know, the, it is a Siri integration is, right into the car. For yeah. better or worse, a selling point in cars to have good iOS integration. For what it's worth, Sync works great with uh, if I've, with if, iOS. If I've, got my, it if I've got my, if I've got my Siri button, if I've got my iPhone right there on the dash, yeah. and I've got a Siri button right here, that I can see that being very useful. And also, not turning on the screen. You know, uh, when, you, when you press that button. Yeah, honestly, the thing for me that's more interesting than anything else is if the phone becomes more context aware and knows that it's in the car, so it knows, oh, okay, I'm plugged into the dock connector, so I should pipe sound out of that instead of out of the fucking headphones. Also, or cars whatever. maybe having dual mics? Yeah. Yeah, I suspect it will, this is where we're going to end up. Well, sync, the sync cars have dual mics, and the, the speakerphone in those is really nice. You can hear everybody, and it works well. Uh, a couple other small hits this week. Uh, Nokia has announced they're laying off uh, 10,000 people by the end of next year, which is a sizable percentage. Of right the as I was driving over here, I was listening to a, a, a story on the BBC World Service business report, and the, their their correspondent sounded very glum about Nokia's prospects going forward, that they could actually, this that could be the right. beginning of the end for Nokia. Um, I, I mean, I, I think they're still... Right after Microsoft bought them. Well, Microsoft didn't buy them. Well, but, you know, they're in some kind of... They have a relationship. Super relationship. Yeah, I'll, I'll be okay. interested to see how that goes. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff about let's Kodak talk patents about, being worth nothing. No, I don't want. Let's Motorola talk about patents worth, Verizon. The real, the real oh, shame. The pricing, I, I just want yeah. to finish on Nokia. The real shame of it is that you know, like when Nokia was fucking around with like Symbian, and they used to have great phone hardware, like the N95. Like a lot of people love that phone, but the you know it's crippled by a bad OS. Right as they now are offering compelling phones, Lumia 900 is a great phone. They've got a good operating system. I think their mistake was not releasing is, the 800 in the U.S. The 900 is too big for most people. The 800 is a really nice I've size. I've seen a phone. lot of Windows phones I have, in well, the public. Well, we were in Redmond. This no, no. Week too, in, so that, in San Francisco, you know, I've seen a lot of people. I haven't Windows actually phones. seen one. In I've seen families yeah. using They them. look a lot like Android phones. Yeah. I mean, um, when I see those tiles, I'm like, oh, that's, that's one that's one. Yeah, it's attractive. Uh, the, so Verizon announced their shared data plan stuff this week, which is really interesting because oh, as a dude who has three or four devices that have cellular radios, I'm very interested in this. Right. So what people have been clamoring for, and Verizon, they've gotten rid of the unlimited plan. and Everybody's gotten rid of the unlimited plans except for Sprint. And AT&T, although they no, still no, call unlimited. They're grandfathered, but grandfathered, they're not really yes, unlimited anymore. Not really they're unlimited. fucking now is what they are. I'm going to say unlimited is the best thing ever. When I ran out of two gigs of data and paid 40 bucks for two gigs of yeah. data, uh the past week being able to watch youtube and do work on my phone with, with uh, okay uh-huh. fake 4g hspa plus connection uh-huh. but knowing it was unlimited that peace of mind is you always have data I, I, in your it, pocket. It, it is invaluable um so verizon got rid of that but uh, you're still have to pay previous to no i'm okay I'm, i don't need any more coffee for people just listening um you have to pay for each advice you had yeah. data plans and it's the same way it was with everyone yes and everyone and we all want a world where you pay a la carte makes sense you pay for how much data you have it's fair you know if you consume a lot of data but that pool is across all the devices exactly that, that makes it even more fair so verizon uh this week announced uh the first steps toward that but the pricing is ridiculous they bad. fucked it up it's really hard to believe uh so the the deal is it's one gigabyte uh it's and shared they, one gigabyte across your phone tablet Notebook. Well, and and if you connect your phone to it, then you also have to pay for unlimited data and uh, unlimited text and voice on that phone. So it's not like you can say, okay, I have an iPhone with this voice and text plan, and I want to connect the data plan to that and my iPad's data plan and a MiFi. It doesn't work that way. Uh, and it's also only one gigabyte, which, as you said, lasted about an hour if you're FaceTiming with your special lady friend or whatever. <sighs> an hour is not enough. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's a it's dark times in that regard, and also it's five dollars for each additional 
yeah device unless it's a phone in which case it, it's a much higher charge because of the unlimited data and and uh text and voice requirement nope so they're this will this nope. stuff here's the thing this stuff will people will not subscribe to this they're not the, so far they're not changing the normal data plans so you can still get the traditional data plan you've always gotten you're not losing that you the grandfathered stuff has obviously gone away uh, but it, it's it's just it's another tone deaf move by a telecom. It's hard to believe that they would continue fucking this kind of stuff up uh, after. Like it's not complex. If you if you say hey, I can get my four or five gigs for thirty or forty dollars and play five bucks each for each new device I connect to the pool, a lot of people would do that because it's a very fair price. But they want to maintain. They you know want to charge with? thirty dollars per person. I'm happy with the MiFi. I'm happy with. It's uh, fifty bucks though for, for five games. I'm, I'm I'm happy with the new iPad being able to, on Verizon getting sharing for free, I, hotspot for free. If I could do a MiFi and turn off data on my phone, I would totally do that. And you know, I'm fine with having uh, my phone on AT and T and the uh, the iPad on Verizon because then I get double network coverage. That's true. Um, anything else we want to talk about in the news? I think that's uh, it. You want to talk about ads in Skype? A lot of people uh, uh, flustered about the possibility of. Uh, it's, they got to make like, money on it somehow. They, it's free. They do. I think the only. So, just real quick, a lot of people have been kind of annoyed that the idea that ads will pop up during Skype conversations now, apparently. And it's not so much that that's. This podcast ha- is brought to you by audible.com. Look, yes, we understand monetization. These ads are necessary for a lot of the way that the internet works, but. Because Skype's a free service. Well, they're gonna, they, you can pay money to Skype, it's, and it's it, not a free service. It's the language of the way that Microsoft presented it, or, or Skype presented it, that I found insulting, saying, we're actually doing you a favor. We're, pro- we're providing you with interesting topics of conversation. Like, you know, you may be talking about how your family's doing, but perhaps you'd rather talk about this new flavor of mac and cheese that is now in stores. Fuck I you. I love mac and cheese. Fuck off. You just wanted an excuse to yell, didn't you? I don't need I I don't need an excuse. That is a legitimate reason to yell. Well, but if you can pay for the, I assume you're going to be able to pay money to them in order to opt out of this wonderful new service they're offering. I, I, I'm fine I, with that. I wouldn't make that assumption. Well, you can pay right now to get long distance free around the world. So why would you not be able to pay to room? Yeah, I mean, shit yes, ads? I mean there is obviously a premium. The premium model where you don't get ads is well established. Um, I, again, I, I just, I just thought it was very condescending. Like, how stupid do they think we are that we're supposed oh. to go? Oh, thanks, Microsoft, for, for providing me with interesting topics of conversation well, provided by your generous corporate sponsors. There's a surplus of stupid people out there, like the Wall Street Journal guy who said that the Retina MacBook was going to use more data than a normal MacBook. Although, I mean, I can actually. The thing is, you know what? You know why I really secretly hate this is because I can actually see myself falling for it. Like, <laughs> I, could be, I could, I could be on Skype, and again, if they, if You're they, do, to if, Liam. if they do the right kind of targeted ads. I could be like, oh, yeah, so Leah, holy shit, there's now super duper nutter butters? <laughs> double stuffed butter? <laughs> what? Are you seeing this? Thumbs up, thumbs up. Double stuffed nutter double butters. Butter, double butter. Wow. If they provide me with the right ad. Because, yeah. because you need topics of conversation. You are a yeah. sucker for advertising. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's, uh, oh. let's, uh, let's play the music and then let's talk about what we've been testing. Why the fuck aren't there double stuffed nutter butters? I don't know, but I'm playing the music now, so we really shouldn't be talking. Mm, nutter butters. I love nutter butters. Nutter butters. Um, I haven't had another butter in a room. They have a lot of trans fat. I bought They're really a, bad for I you. I bought a packet of them just because really? I wanted them in the house. Okay. I may never eat them. I'm just gonna, just, you gonna just know they're there. Just stare at them. It's like the guy who stopped smoking leaves that one cigarette back in the in the top above the fridge just so he knows it's there if he ever just needs it. Just feel comfortable. Really? Is that a, a thing? Of, some people do that. Huh. I think it's part of a codependent personality. But anyway, huh. uh, Norm and I went to see the Modern Cuisine guys this week. 
And I think we should talk about it now before we forget about it. The videos are going to be a while before they come up. We're probably going to put them up next month sometime. Did we do a podcast last week after E3? We did. You guys are like the fucking Anthony Bourdain's of technology oh now. Like you get to I, this new remit I, for you. Adventures. You, you get to go off and visit the oh. most interesting people now. We have crazy adventures yeah. and have a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. It's oh. it's been uh, really good. So we so uh, Scott Heimendinger, who's Seattle Food Geek and <laughs> is a good name. It is a good name. Uh, he even laughs about it. So uh uh and, really, and his name is hold on. His name is Heimendinger. Heimendinger. That is fucking rad. Yeah. <laughs> You, there you go. That could be the middle name for your upcoming child. It's going on the on the it's short not, list. It's not spelled that it's the not, way you yeah, think it's, it's spelled. spelled. A filthy way. Yeah. Um, so even it doesn't matter that. how it's spelled. He, I bet he had a horrible time in junior high school. No, no, no. Scott's great. Let's let's. Scott, oh, we love Scott. Scott's awesome. So Scott uh, and Max Boulay, who's the head chef at Modern's Cuisine Labs, uh, both of them work there. Uh, Scott was Seattle food geek for a long time, and now works at Modern's Cuisine as mm-hmm. well. Uh, invited us to come up after we met them at Exploratorium a few months ago and and kind of see what the MC Kitchen is like mm-hmm. and talk to people and see what kind of cool equipment they mm-hmm. have. It's a magical and, wonder. And have the experience. Have a lot of the experience. These guys are on the, the cutting edge of, of high-end food preparation science. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. So, well, there's there's a lot. It's They're experimenting with new techniques and new equipment to to prepare food in kind of non-traditional ways. And the the goal the goal that they always have is to – Figure out what flavors they want to combine in a dish and then concentrate those flavors and not get rid of everything else. So, for example, they like peas. I like, do you like peas, Gary? Um, yeah, it, it, it depends. <laughs> I like, I like, I like mushy peas. Yeah. Okay. So you, so what they do to peas. Do you peas, like the essence of pea? Do you like the pea flavor? Yeah. You like pea the taste you of pea? I, you know what I discovered I really like the other day? Lentils. Lentils are delicious. I didn't think I would We're like talking lentils, about peas, but they're really good. Well, they, you know, legumes, peas, it's all the same shit. So they put the peas. <laughs> they, 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 I'm so glad we didn't take you on this trip. Uh, they, they puree the peas, and then they put them in a centrifuge and spin them at 26,000 RP. Uh, uh, peas in a centrifuge? These guys are fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is... There's three layers that come out. At the bottom yes. is the Physics. heavy starch, Physics right? Happens. It's all it's all the stuff that is no flavor. So you shit can that. Just take it out and throw it away. Right. At the very top layer, there's all, well, all uh, the water. Well, unless you, you you can eat that, and that's fiber. You could eat that. It's, it's good for you, I'm sure, but it doesn't taste very good. Could I no. do this if I put peas in my washing machine? Maybe. <laughs> you should try it. Put it in with your wife. Because I want to try and take this stuff and do it at home. I, I think you should. <laughs> Don't put peas in your washing machine. Let us know how it goes. Shoot video put, with your iPhone. No, yeah, I've got to put my Grundies in there anyway. Throw in some peas yeah. as well. I get it all done at once. Is, but I don't want to know. <laughs> On the top is pea water. So it's 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 a, pea a broth, pea juice, just the liquid, intensely just, of peas. Yes. But in between the starch and the pea pea juice is an incredibly thin layer of the stuff that they don't know what it is. It's all the other stuff in peas, not the water, not the starch. They call it pea it's butter. Like liquid lipids and fats and delicious stuff. It's and like it, when Richard Pryor tried to analyze Kryptonite. That was that 1%. 1% unknown. And, and he was smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Let's put what is that, what is that red X, K? What is that X ingredient? Yes. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, it, was the pea, it was the pea butter. And, and peas, like kryptonite, are green. Mm-hmm. We could be onto what? something here. What? So what? Peas kryptonite. What if Superman is actually uh, peas are how you get him? I never saw Superman eat a pea. Like, they were going off into the desert looking for pieces of kryptonite. They could have, they could have just thrown a can of peas at Superman. It would have been all over. <laughs> yeah. After what? You know, launching from a giant. washing machine. 
Right, the, spin it around in a washing machine, open so the it Jolly up. Green Giant would actually be Superman's ultimate nemesis. Yeah, the, much worse than Lex Luthor, much worse than Bizarro, much, worse than Brainiac, worse oh, than yeah. Batman. Yeah, because he's just made of pure Kryptonian unknown shit. Right. He's g- g- green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why he has all that strength. So, so we talked... <laughs> This is terrible. I hope these guys don't listen. So we, we got to taste... I respectfully disagree. <laughs> we got to taste the pea butter. What? That yeah. doesn't sound like something I'd ever want to taste. If you if I said to you, do you want to taste my pea butter? What do you think your answer <laughs> well, you, would be? Uh, you established earlier that you like the taste of pea. So, um, Peas, not pea. There's a, obviously a huge difference there. Pea has a flavor. We make multiple peas into pea. It was delicious. The whole thing was delicious. We They prepared like five or six dishes for us. We shot all of that stuff, walked through the whole thing. We saw the crazy equipment. They have a rotovap, which is basically looks like the kind of thing that uh, that Walt White would make uh, uh, blue meth in. Right. Uh, yeah. Now, what are they? So these guys are like the Walter White of cuisine. Well, the company is well, owned by Modern's Cuisine. Well, no, but Walter White has a fucking That's proper lab. Okay, right. I, so, I'm so, behind. Yes, Modern's Cuisine. Well, um, you haven't got to the lab yet? No, 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 oh, you're really well, behind. Well, yeah. Oh, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, you as I'm as, season, as a I'm as a, one as a tech la, dude, la, you would la, love la, the lab that he eventually la, gets. La, it is fucking hardcore. La, la, okay. La, okay. Good sorry. talk. Okay. Uh, Modern Cuisine is owned by Intellectual Ventures, which is Nathan Mervold, uh, ex uh, CTO of Microsoft, I think. Um, his company and the building that they're in, part of it is devoted to Modern Cuisine. So, yeah, so it like- is a full. Modern kitchen with the centrifuges and the sous vide machines and mm-hmm. and the uh, the, the, roto, the, the, the roto vac the roto and, and the that, yeah. and the and, and this is just a rich guy spending his own money to do this. Well, right? they, they sell they, I mean, they, they sell, sell the books. Cookbook they for, sell the cookbooks and yeah. a thousand dollars is where it started. Um, but, but I can't believe this is like a profitable venture. Oh, I don't know. It's five hundred dollar cookbook. I mean, what, like, let me ask you: What are they doing in this kitchen all day? They're not serving this food to people, are they're they? They, 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 they just they, eat it themselves. No, they have dinner parties. Yeah, so they have they host chefs and and. Uh, techno- technology luminaries and all sorts of people. But I want to go to an actual restaurant where I can eat this. You cannot. They, that, that's what they need well, to get you can. into. Like if you go to if you go to a molecular gastronomy restaurant, well, then you, you can yes. have food that the, is who, a, that. that a, a, I'm saying they need can. to they need to monetize this shit. They need to open a modernist cuisine restaurant that we can go to. Well, and, so they're releasing a cookbook where you can do a lot of the stuff at home. It's never the year. same. It, it's never the same. No, I've got a French laundry. I've got a French laundry cookbook. Let me tell you, if you come to my house and I cook it for you, ain't the same as going to the fucking French. Borrow the French laundry cookbook, and I'll make the I'll make the the goose. For you. That's so you're game. basically saying that the only difference between there's Me no and difference you between you yeah, exactly. and, a, and a cookbook and Thomas Keller. It's basically no, no, the no, same no, shit. No, no, I'm, uh, yes, that's exactly. No, I'm not saying that at all. Move along, Norm. Uh, so, in addition to the labs in the kitchen, it is actually a a factory. They, yeah, they have, have a full, it's a full machinist workshop. They have an insane workshop attached. Yeah. They have like two uh, huge, huge CNC, CNC machines. Two. They, they, they have, you know the tech shop that we went to. They it's have like that, all the equipment at the tech shop and more. But so they, and they have the water jet cutter. Yeah. They have uh, they have a saw they, that they, cuts titanium. They have a fine to one millimeter. They have a cut. Yeah, the water jet can cut the thickness sheet uh, hardened steel. The thick uh, a cut the thickness of a human hair. Yes, because I mean between the combination of all this high end tech, yeah. and it being put to the use of preparation of like really amazing food, it basically yeah. is just the ultimate place in the universe. It's pretty like much. Us. It's, yeah. I, and then in their lobby, they have a machine that shoots lasers at mosquitoes to kill mosquitoes. Yeah. Fucking great. Across so they, 500 feet. It wasn't 500 feet. Well, no, it, the theoretical oh, limit theoretical is 500 limit. feet. Okay. So they did... They did um, that picture of that steak that you posted looked mm, unbelievable. We ate all that steak. The steak was nothing. Mm, the steak mm, was the mm, worst mm. of it. 
And the steak was one of the best pieces of meat I've ever had. The French fries were amazing. Let's talk about the French fries a little bit. I don't think, you know, I don't think I really want to do this. I'm just going to end up hating you. I'm going to tell you. I got to tell you. I got to share. It's for the people outside. You got to put your personal feelings aside and suck it up like a man. I don't know why I have to do that. They sous vide. It's because of all we pay you and the, and the (laughs) massive reward you get from being on this podcast. The the great compensation I receive. Right. Hey, I offered you coffee. <laughs> no, you actually, you didn't. I said, do you want coffee? No, you have Monster Energy drink. I have my rehab. <laughs> right. Um, you got a free t-shirt. So they I, su- did, I did get a free t-shirt. Yeah. Thank you very much. So they sous vide um, a, French fry, a French fry, which is uh, cooking they, it in a vacuum sealed bag full in, of brine. Uh, full of brine. Now that does not sound like it would be a good way to cook well, a French fry. But wait, that's there's just, more. That's just to cook the potato. That's to in make the, the uh, fluffy like a big yes. potato, basically. Okay. And, right. that, and that is in a, uh, in a water bath. Yeah. Um. And I'm not sure what temperature that is. It's like uh, whatever temperature you want to get the, the fry perfect temperature, perfected over many ex- ex- right. iterations and experiments. Okay. So then they take that out mm-hmm. and they put it in a uh, like a ultrasonic cleaner, like the kind of thing that you clean jewelry in at a jewelry shop. Uh, and they put in a hot water <laughs> bath full of that. And what that does is creates micro fractures along the outside edge of the fry. So it increases the surface, surface area. area of the exterior of the fry dramatically. Micro fractures on the surface of a thick cut French fry. So it looks almost like uh, like mold is growing on the outside of the fry when it comes out of the bath. It's all fuzzy around the edge. You take the fry out of there, dry it off a little bit, and then blanch it in oil just to, to seal the outside just a little bit for f- three, They're four minutes. They're not doing this one French fry at a time. No, they do, they tw- do 10 or 20 10 at a time. French fries right, at a time. Okay. <laughs> so it's a mass production. Uh, and then they take that out, and then they put it in a higher temperature oil so it browns the outside. And what you end up with is – I didn't say this in the video because I didn't want to offend anyone. But it, you end up – you know how tater tots have that crispy shell on the outside? Yeah. You end up with a French fry that's like that, but the inside is like the best baked potato you've ever had. It's all fluffy and kind of just who, insubstantial. Who were you worried about offending? I didn't want to say it was like tater tots. Why? Because tater tots are you know freezer food. Oh, okay. No, I can have, you can have great tater tots. You can make great tater tots. I, I, I like crinkle cut, crinkle cut fries. But but the, you end up – the texture on the outside of the fry tastes like they've rubbed it. They rolled it in something like breadcrumbs or something. That does look Because it ends special. up like with this really crispy – Served three at a time on a plate. Yes. The, they, they say, they claim it is the best French fry in the world. It is pretty good. I, I have just, never it, had it, another it just, French fry. It just that was seems, as good. and it's not even about why aren't they using this to make money. It just seems almost unfair that they would have, <laughs> they would have all these amazing secrets to fantastic food, but they're not sharing it with more. They're not like, <laughs> like people, people should be able to appreciate You could this. buy the cookbook. I mean, you could. Yeah, but it's not the same. I don't have a fucking molecular French fry cooker. You can, you can get one of those for a couple hundred bucks. If you're going to spend 500 bucks on a cookbook, you'll spend another 200 on a... On but, I, a but I'm not going to do that. I well, want to just go to the restaurant. Obviously, you don't care enough. That's why rest- high-end restaurants exist, because they have the equipment and the yep. skill to make food that I don't have. But in this case, if you look at the way restaurant most restaurant service works, uh, French Laundry, obviously, is except Cyrus and other high-end restaurants are an exception. Um, they can't... The food that they're making here is not something that they could mass-produce at a level to, to do it every night, because some of the preparations take three days. So, like, the cheeseburger is literally a three-day We've had this conversation, and I have no problem ordering that meal. You make Way in it, advance. Like, if I, if I have to make a reservation at the French Laundry three months ahead of time, then why can't I, I just order the food that I'm going to eat as well, and they can prepare it? Well, I guess you could do that. If I can wait 20 minutes for a souffle... Well, th- given that the instructions are out, they don't have to do it. It's someone else's. Right. It's the onus on someone else, an ambitious chef, to open that restaurant based well, on Well, I think, I think if somebody opened a restaurant based on their cookbook, they'd probably have something to say about that. By the way, because I feel like this is a bit one-sided, I actually did... Not, maybe not to the level you're talking about. I actually did have the best burger I've ever had in my life. Wait, wait tell me where. 
at uh, Lark Creek State. Oh, that place is amazing. Wait, wait, wait. In, I got to write this down. At the, uh, at the uh, Westfield yeah. Century Mall in downtown San Francisco. Wait, wait, wait. Westfield. Yes. Wait, is it a. It's in so, the food, yeah. Okay, so the food it's, court. it's the big Westfield. Yeah, but no, no, no. It's upstairs. Yeah. They have what's called Restaurants Under the Dome. And they have a really great Thai place, a Singaporean food place oh there called goodness. Straits. Right next to it is a place called Lark Creek Steak. And they make Lark, excellent. Lark, Lark Creek. L A R K. They make excellent steak, and they also have on their lunch menu, which is all their afternoon menu, what they call steak burgers. Yeah. And basically, the guy was the waiter was explaining. Basically, what they do is they take all the cuts of steak that are either too small or they can't serve actually as steak, chop them up, mm-hmm. and make burgers out of them. Yes. And I had the I had the uh, Texas cowboy barbecue steak burger. It's a really good with burger. like French fried onion straws and bacon. But it is was this un- Fucking believe. Is this uh, only at lunchtime, or do they have a dinner as well? It's like it's like noon to four. God damn it! You know you work at home, Norm. <sighs> not starting next week. We'll go there for lunch sometime. I think we should go there for lunch after the show. One. I. I not when today. we break in the new I'm all, office, I'm all I can't over do it. today. No, we'll go some other time. But it was exceptionally good. Um. So what else? What else have we done? Uh, we went to Scott Heimendinger's house after the modernist cuisine stuff, and he showed us his pizza grill, which is awesome. Yeah, we have uh, a we'll video. Up, of that. That'll be up later as yeah. well, probably next. So time. Scott, Scott's place. I mean, he's obviously a food enthusiast. Um, he, he buys equipment off he, eBay and Craigslist. He's the like, guy who did the first uh, DIY sous vide machine, machine that I'd ever yeah. seen online. Yeah. So right, so this guy's been doing real, this for a few he was years. the real yeah. pioneer. But the thing is, like, it's totally if you are into food. And you can, you know, you're willing to experiment and buy the, you know, ingredients online, which is readily available. If you want to do, make, buy uh, sodium alginate to yeah. do your own certification, uh, you can do that. And all it takes really is just to go online and b- find the ingredients and to buy it. Mm-hmm. Didn't you say there was a more consumer friendly version of this book coming? Yeah, yes. it's uh, October. It's called Modernist Cuisine at Home, yeah. and it's okay. like a hundred bucks, and it's all recipe based. And I, I, I'd also be interested in like an iPad app. And it's, that. I'm sure that that will come in the future. It's, yeah. it's. It's all stuff that they can do that you can do with commonly like a sous if you have a sous vide machine which is 500 bucks at this point uh if you have a pressure cooker stuff like that stuff that's readily it's, available in a It's just bugging me though that this to know that there that this amazingly good food exists and I can't eat it. It's like telling me that somewhere out there that at the Star Trek universe is real. I'm going to go ahead I and can't, tell you. but I can't get to it. <laughs> I want to go live there but I can't. I've eaten it and it's lovely. You're really missing out. Okay. Yeah, you made your point. Um, <laughs> on Saturday, I went to uh, to the East Bay and met uh, uh, Keith Keith Gerke, who is the guy who made the Able Cone, the Able Brewing yes, Cone. He is the he is Able Brewing, and, uh, and uh, I got to see the new cone. I got the Able cone, cone. To explain for people who might not know, is a metal filter that you put in a Chemex. Yes. So for Chemex or a V60, whichever. Yes. Um, the Haro V60. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, a, a, instead of using a paper filter or cone, it is a metal cone with very fine, very, very fine yeah. um, uh, holes in them. So um, so Joey and I went over there and we got to sit down. And he has the mm-hmm. new version of the cone, which he says this is the final version of the cone. He says he's perfected the design. Mm-hmm. He brought 40 prototypes to show us That's awesome. what he's gone through. And we, we, got cool. to, we got a chance to look at him. I didn't take pictures of those, which was foolish in uh-huh. retrospect. Um but uh, but yeah, so so I got to make coffee in it. I got to test it out. Very cool. It was very cool. Did he have the uh, the new ceramic? He did not have the new ceramic oh, thing yet. Okay. He said he went to pick it up on the way to the airport, and the walls on yeah. the ceramic were too thin, so he didn't want to. No, he, he, he wanted to bring the final one rather that, than that, the, that is the very one. fair. So coffee um, excitement. So that's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have that. I think next week sometime is the hope. Uh, yes, actually, because uh, in his Kickstarter, for, if you want to pre-order the new cone, you can get it for fifteen bucks off if you do it as part of his Kickstarter. Yeah. So it's so like search Able Brewing Kickstarter, yeah. and you'll be able to find that. Exactly. Um, and then last Friday, oh my god! Oh my fucking, god. <laughs> last, I can't believe 
it's Thursday right now. We were at E3 last week. No, we've yeah, been back. It's really, it's really rolled around. And then fast. on Saturday, you went to meet Keith Able Brewing. On Friday, we went to Berkeley and we met Phil Tippett. The, the great uh, special the great, effects master. The guy, yes. just Phil Tippett is the guy who animated the Adat Walker in, in Empire Strikes Back. The Tauntauns. Tauntaun. Uh, the Ed 209 mm-hmm. in who Robocop. Who designed Jabba the Hutt. Really? Uh, he designed Jabba the Hutt? Didn't he, did he uh, creature creation, yeah. build a lot the, of the Jurassic in, Park dinosaurs? He well, he, he uh, supervised. He won an Oscar for supervising the uh, animation. animation for the dinosaurs. Because uh, that he, was transitionary phase between uh, CG and I, The only time I ever get confused is like between Stan Winston and Phil Tippett because they do so a lot of the same he's stuff. He's a stop motion guy. Right. But also he, he's more Ray Harryhausen. He's yeah. like a, a, a right. successor to Ray Harryhausen. He's more of an animator. He, he's he's a, a, he, he was is, a stop yes. motion animator by yes. in the beginning. Right. Uh, but he also did, I think, some of the creature masks from like the cantina scene in the first Star yep. Wars. And also um, Akbar. Right. Akbar had. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? That's amazing. Yeah. My fa- my we favorite. got to meet him. Alien. We got and, to meet him and talk to and, him. And also, and, I mean, yes, obviously, Star Wars was a big part of how I got started. But he also did all the animation stuff or supervised animation for RoboCop. So ED-209. Yeah. Yeah. And Starship Troopers. Yeah. Uh, all the bugs. All the bug design he, and animation. He was even uh, – he was a co-director he directed, on the first movie. No, no, for the anima- the, yeah. For, for, the, an, for the fight scenes. And he he directed Starship Troopers 2. Right. Um and uh, and his studio, he has a special effects studio. So now it's all CG stuff. Has worked on a bunch of films, uh, including uh, and Harry Immortals, Potter and, yeah. and Harry Potter, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And upcoming uh, Seth um, Ted, uh, Ted, which is the uh, the, the Seth, Seth MacFarlane uh, movie, yeah. right? Um, I don't like Seth MacFarlane, but whatever. Eh. Move along. But anyway, uh, we were there uh, not only to get a tour of Tippett Studio, and we'll have a video of that coming up, but the video we actually already posted is for his uh, crazy in the side project called Mad God. He wants to make his own movie. He, it's a sm- he, short he's film. He's been working on it for 20 years. Mm. And one of those things where 20 years ago he was decided to uh, make a movie just for fun uh, in his own spare time, and it's a very surrealist, twisted uh, project that kind, kind of to show off what he, what you can do what with, he could with do stop motion and he had not shelved that um, first day job and now he, he launched Kickstarter he's made a hundred thousand dollars on Kickstarter to fund it and um, it's, it looks amazing the interesting thing to me about the whole thing is that you know now he has a studio where it's filled with people who do computer animation and he said a lot of those people are the kids he called them they're probably our age. We're really interested in learning about stop motion because they had no practical experience with it. So, like, he's a lot of people are volunteering time and effort, and they're using studio space at his studios. Uh, but the the trailer for it is amazing. I, I I was I was blown away when I looked at it to see that it was stop motion. Um, and and so you definitely should check out that video. He talks a lot about uh, both the inspiration for it and how he how he's worked on it and how he's been making it over the years, and also talks about. Like uh, how he develops the puppets and the props and the sets, which I think is, as a dude who likes to make things, the places that he finds inspiration for that are really, really. It's not. It's not like he goes anyplace special. Yeah, he goes goes to to flea markets, hardware store, and Radio Shack. Buy stuff. Oh yeah, you'd be amazed how much of that stuff just comes from like the local Ace Hardware or whatever. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that Adam said to us as well that you know the the places where you find. The, like you can find this stuff anywhere. Yep. He, he uh, Phil said he goes to the Ace Hardware and just buys a handful buys of models, model kits. Doesn't model even kits every week. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, like, uh, so Bill Doran, the Punish Props guy, mm-hmm. who you know is uh, going to be building my Mass Effect armor. And Chinbeard, oh, I believe, wait, right? Chinbeard. 
Is Mass it? Effect armor is go. Well, he sent me. He's, he asked me for all my measurements and specifications, and so I've got to get to that at some point. He posted a boob chest plate. Yeah, on, so uh, he, I assume that was he yours. posts a lot of his stuff. He's building some armor for someone right now, and like for example, the boots just got him from the hardware store, and he's like going to mm-hmm. you know going to put stuff on them to yeah. make him look good. Yeah. Um. The the armor like that kind of that mesh weave that kind of Kevlar looking armor mm-hmm. is just fucking floor mats that he got yeah. that he's just yeah. chopping up. Like it, it's all regular stuff. Yeah. Adam building, you know, a spacesuit, just bought snow, uh, uh, he's, uh snowboarding, snowboarding boots. boots and then, and then used, hack uh, them. In. Yeah. He, he used drywall screws into yeah. the sole of the boot to hold the, hold the frame around them. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, uh, interview with that coming up. The Mad God video is fantastic. I thought it turned out amazingly. It's like 18 minutes long. So you, you, we got to talk. I mean, Phil gave us a whole afternoon. We were able to talk yeah. to him extensively about what, awesome. what, what he does and why, why it's cool. And it, it was fantastic mm-hmm. to get to talk. And to we him. have a couple more trips coming up. Yeah. We've some, never some more stuff coming up. It never is all over the place these days. Um, Anything else we've been testing? I got the Wi-Fi backpack for the. We have a, there's a lot of tech. Uh, so if you're uh, because we've been traveling so much, we haven't and, and because we are just now getting our new offices, yeah. uh, we have a backlog of t- tech to quick look. But uh, some things that we've been testing that we will get to uh, shooting video of uh, the GoPro with the Wi-Fi backpack. Yep. So we see a lot of people with GoPros now on their helmets. Yeah, motorcycles. Motorcycles. And, and now the Wi-Fi backpack allows you to control that, turn it on remotely with like a wrist strap. Oh, that's cool. And also yeah. it sends a signal to like an iPhone app so you can remotely get viewing and activate the, the You can record. use the iPhone as your viewfinder. Yeah, which is, which is cool. Um, we have the, uh, the Parrot Arrow drone 2.0, mm-hmm. uh, just came today. So, oh, cool. um, we we'll do some testing up. with that. Um, can't wait to do more. We have the juicer still, which yep. we haven't done yet. Oh God. Um, we have, we have forgot a, about the amazing juicer. juicer stuff. Uh, I'm new, surprised new that you guys just to go back and, to the beginning that you didn't, that you didn't jump on getting a, a retina MacBook right away. I, honestly, we, we, got, the, the, we got on the plane, we, we, the keynote finished. We went and shot video with Adam, and then we got on the plane and haven't. I haven't had like this is the yeah. first time I've been in my house since Monday. And Will is uh, you're out next week. I'm out all next and, week. And so Washington no D.C. Reason. So yeah. when Will gets back, we will definitely uh, go over. Red new MacBook, new MacBook Air. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm going to go pick up the new MacBook Air on my way home from this podcast, and I will probably uh, try to take the opportunity to kind of check out at least look at the new Retina screen as well. Excellent. See what it looks like. Yeah, excellent. Um, so let me, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's do a couple of questions. We haven't done them in a couple of weeks. Emails? Well, but we do the other one. Emails. It's, you know, we don't do emails. We do emails. No, 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 no. Questions. Boom. Our first question is, uh, this one. Hey there, tested crew. My name's Mike. I'm calling from, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but I'm originally from Lancaster, PA. Just a fun hometown trivia fact, both Lancaster and Philadelphia had previously been the nation's capital at differing points during America's history. Quick question that I have is regarding Windows 8. Now, I've only been following your guys' coverage about Windows 8 and haven't really read much else, but would it be safe to say that the push of the new Metro interface in Windows 8 at the expense of the traditional Windows desktop is just a modern analog of the original Windows 3.1 versus DOS command line uh, interface that eventually got pushed all the way pretty much into obscurity with the adoption of Windows 95. Love to hear your opinion about this. Thanks. Always be testing. It's not a loaded question at all. I think that's the fear. I mean, that's the fear I have. Uh, I put Windows 8 on my home machine, uh, on the machine I use. I, and I just used machine. it earlier today, and 
Maybe it's because I'm uh, <laughs> used to using uh, sometimes a Mac for work. Yeah. I hit that Windows button and boom, I, I bring me it back to Photoshop. Shocks you every bring time. me back to Photoshop. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because I used the machine for four days, uh, at, like immediately after the the release preview came out last, mm-hmm. starting last weekend, and until we left. And right before I shut the machine down before leaving, I hit the the Metro task switching thing yeah. in the top left corner just to see what, what I'd run. And it was literally control panel and then desktop. Those were the only two things in the Metro task switcher. So I, I used it all that time without ever going into Metro other than to launch app, apps. I'm, I'm not going to dismiss Metro completely because we haven't actually used it and there's on not the tablet. Many apps yet. And there are, the apps aren't all there yet. But... I could see uh, some people who have Windows 8 PCs, just like how you people broke off the insert key on their keyboards. Breaking the Windows key? Breaking that Windows key. It's going to be a, a real hard to launch apps without the Windows key. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think that Microsoft – this is Microsoft testing the waters, right? If Metro goes really poorly, obviously they'll back away from it. If Metro goes really well, then well, no, then I don't think they back, they back away from it. The desktop they will eventually. split it. They will split it off. Right, tablet and desktop. Yeah, yeah that's that's. I think yeah. that's more ARM right. with Metro and yeah. go back to desktop or X eighty six tablet for desktop for Metro as well. Um, I, I think it's really too early to say. the The real the big question is whether app developers are going to get on board because if there aren't high quality Metro apps, then Metro is useless, and that that's the that's the unfortunate truth. Microsoft think, realizes that they're incentivizing they really decent heavily. developer relations. They they have great developer relations, but if you can't get Photoshop and and the things that you really need, if there's not a version of Photoshop for Metro in the next three years, then they've got a problem. I don't think it's gonna be Photoshop. I don't either, but you know, we'll see. Um next question. Greetings. I'm calling from Oslo, Norway, and I have a coffee related question for you guys. Um I have a very limited budget right now, but I would love to learn how to properly brew coffee. So, I've decided to invest in either a Chemex or an AeroPress. My question is, which one should I get and why? Also, would you rather swim in a medium-sized public pool with 200 other people, full of sweat, urine, saliva, feces, and who knows what else? Or, would you prefer swimming alone in a tiny lake full of sharks, small sharks, that may or may not chew on your leg? Thank you, and always be testing. Sharks. I think I'll take the sharks. feces. Nope, sharks. Wait, is he is it? I can punch a shark in a is nose. Is he saying it that, doesn't work? I is can he punch saying a all of them in a nose? Is he saying that the two hundred people in the pool are act, are like actively pissing and shitting actively, into the water? Actively, or is he just being kind of germaphobic? Oh, all those people must be so bad. I think he's saying that there's fecal matter in any public pool, which is probably true. Two hundred people in the medium sized. I'd rather. Pool is I'd very rather. Packed. I mean, I actually have been in those kind of public pools. Many times, and there's not. What's yeah. the problem? As long as the chlorine burns your eyes, I feel like it's probably two hundred. Until I, you have that Caddyshack moment where you start to see the floater. <laughs> like, what's the real? What's yeah. the real 200, problem? Two hundred dudes who just had burritos. I don't know, bubbly. Man. You think there's like a, a sheen of oil on the surface oh, of the pool? Yeah, I, I would rather take the sharks. anal leakage. Giant lake. Giant lake. It's just, he said a small lake. Oh, is it a small lake? Small lake filled with sharks. I don't want sharks. Swim lake to sharks. the edge. Punch, punch all the sharks. I think that's a mistake. Right, Chemex or Aeropress? Aeropress. Uh, well, if he's on limited budget, Aeropress. It yeah. depends on how you make coffee. If you're making a bunch of coffee at once, the Chemex is better. 
If you buy if you make single serving coffee, if you're okay with making one cup at a time, yeah. the air press is amazing. That, the context really, of the question. Yeah, it's really that, that's a very simple. That's yeah. the really simple side. If you want to make coffee for you and others, get a Chemex. If also, you make one cup at a time. I mean, the context of the question was low on funds. Just get it started. Well, the Chemex is thirty five dollars now here but in the U S. Then you need a, a, a preferred you a cone, filter. and you also need the uh, the pour over kettle. Uh, you, but the Chemex is the the filter is thick enough. You can make do with a with a normal kettle. Um, so yeah, AeroPress is definitely for twenty five bucks. You're in and out if you have a grinder mm-hmm. already, and even if you just get the coffee ground at the shop. And really, it is. Okay. I mean, with the Chemex, you kind of feel obligated then to get all the accessories. With it's, AeroPress, you the, can make do. The Chemex is people always eat me alive when I say this, but the Chemex is a is a is not an easy thing to make coffee in. It is a uh, if you don't have a good pour over kettle, and if you're not very careful, and you don't take the time to actually do it right. It, yep. it can make technique really bad and coffee. equipment. We had some terrible coffee at a at a shop in Bellevue yesterday. Oh, I don't God. even want to talk about it. Um, uh, and that'll do it for questions for us this week. Uh, we also had a great coffee uh, yesterday. Oh, in, ca- in, Cafe in Victrola. Seattle. Yes, Victrola Cafe. Could not recommend this enough. It's on Fifth and Union or something. Fifteenth and something. Uh, uh, well, that really sounds like a hipster place on Capitol Hill. A, a, in coffee, Seattle. a coffee house that's named after a well, vintage but, record player. But it's on Capitol Hill, and Capitol Records was a Victrola. It all makes sense. It's it just it it just all fits the profile. Dude, the coffee was awesome. The people were really nice. And, and they had was, Wi-Fi. They have free Wi-Fi, and yeah. it was spacious. Lots of seating. Right. Joey took a table all to himself. He yeah. didn't want to sit with us. Wow. Good looking people all around. Lots of hipsters. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, of, yeah, maybe he didn't want a, you like fucking up his, his, his shit. Chi. Yeah. Yeah. We got some, we got to get Joey on the podcast because there are some good Joey stories. The fantastic. That, Joey, that Joey has told Norm- us. I, I can't, I can't okay. tell. I can't. No, 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 don't tell Joey yeah. stories. Uh, I'm going to uh, sign out for us. If you have a question for this is only a test, of course, the email address is podcast at tested.com. We're running a little bit low. I have two or three left in the queue. Um, but if you, if you want to send one in, uh, we also are out of outro songs. So if you want to make an outro song, oh, okay. something dumb that yeah. usually Gary has said, it seems like, but sometimes it's Norma or I. The door is wide open for uh, you to appear on yeah, the podcast. Go nuts. We'll, we'll give you a shout out. Uh, and as always, any plugs, guys? Uh, uh, always good stuff coming up on Tested while Gary thinks uh, episode 2 of Walking Dead episode 2 of The Walking Dead uh, we hope will be out uh, by the end of the month I think it's mm. uh, it's pending you know, going through the certification process right now and also the uh, iOS version of episode 1 I think is very close by oh well. okay wow, and I'm deep, deep in the deep into the writing of episode 4 right now which I'm having a lot of fun with uh, also uh, indie game the movie came is out, out on Steam night. yeah um, it's 10 bucks Steam, on Steam iOS how does that work um, it's an app on in Steam, yeah, to you watch download it? it. You get an application. It has some extras and stuff built in, so you can't watch like it on that. your TV unless you pipe it through. Yeah, uh, pipe the computer through. Do, so, do iOS and then air, uh, AirPlay that. Well, no, the best way to do it is uh, to get it on uh, fr- direct from the indie game. Oh, the movie, and, then, and then you have MP4 and then it's DRM free. Okay, yeah, do so that. I downloaded a 1080p DRM free yes, file that was yes. f- 10 gigs. They also have a Team Meet commentary for the movie, so I, I'm hmm. going to download that. And maybe watch it on the plane. It's a little controversial that, that movie. But why is it controversial? Uh, the, the the Phil Fish part is a little controversial because uh, his the silent partner or not silent but the, the Phil Fish needs a hug. Yeah, I don't think so. Phil Fish Phil Fish uh, is a misunderstood Yeah, yeah, th- you, you whatever. Here's the thing about Phil Fish. Whatever. I don't think the dude understands what what people are going He he says things without realizing the context how it makes him sound like a maniac. He's a nice enough guy. I, I like the Jonathan Blow sections. We did have the when we had the demo of Fez at PAX. I didn't realize that was last him. year. Yeah, we were talking to him. We didn't realize yeah. it was him. He, was, he seemed just as earnest as he did with the uh, the arms folded. Oh, he, the arms folded, staring as yeah. he watched you play, and it was so intense that I didn't want to do the demo afterwards because I was like, I don't want to be studied like this. I'm gonna let's yeah. just go to the death beanbags. Um, 
the game is amazing. It was fun to watch that after playing the game because it, it like the con the surprise about Fez that it's a puzzle game uh, was kept so well. Even though he explicitly came out and said it a couple of times in the movie, I don't think anybody realized before they played the game what what the twist was on that game. I still have not beat it yet. It's a really good game. You should play it. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Uh, as always, uh, keep checking tested. We have more good stuff coming up all the time. Uh, and for Norman Chan and Gary Weta, we'll be back next week. Stay tuned for fake outtakes. Oh, actually, we won't be back next week. I'm on vacation. I don't know if you guys are going to record a podcast. It's up to you. But you need to get equipment today or tomorrow if you're going to do it. So, oh, God. Uh, yeah, uh, decide decide now. Uh, we'll if, if we're not here next week, we'll be back the week after on Thursday. Uh, see you guys later and stay tuned for fake outtakes. I'm finding the outro song. Oh, today's outro song, Evil Max 17. I didn't see you. I find being made to talk to robots humiliating and dehumanizing, so I won't do it. I pulled that one out of the archives because as we were getting into this podcast, you were on the phone to the Apple store, and as soon as they answered, you said, I want to talk to a human being. And to be fair, it understood that and routed me to a, to a real person Thanks, very quickly. Thanks, but I, I, it's, it, I think it's insulting. I agree. Give people jobs. That's what I say. Give the people the jobs. Uh, so what should we talk about? Uh, we were, I, I, oh, uh, let's talk about the pump house. What? The pump okay. house. Okay. Okay. I had to think for a second about what that, what you were referencing, but okay. So we went to dinner on yesterday, day before yesterday, mm-hmm. had a couple beers, yep. perhaps went back and decided we were going to go get more beers. Probably a mistake. Brilliant. For some of us more than others. So we went to the pump house, and usually when, when presented with the question of what size beverage do you want, I go for the small size. Because you're a dainty little drinker. No, no, because I, I've learned that uh, increased quantity does not necessarily equal increased quantity. However, in this case, we went for the big beer, the big boy beer. Superstein. Yeah, the 36-ounce. Like, you can barely pick it up with one hand. you got to pick up the right way. you gotta you got to cup the mug. Yeah. Uh, uh, giant beer, and Joey and I drank our beers. No problem. I drank my beer. No problem. Also, you were a little green by the time I, you got to the I end. I drank my beer. No problem. Okay. I just want to say, no problem. Okay. I, there was a problem. I, there's video. I, I recorded some video. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we we had fun in Seattle. Seattle was a, a good time. Cafe Victrola was fantastic. Uh, my new favorite Seattle coffee spot, which is really saying something because there's a lot of good coffee in Seattle. Uh, what should we talk about today? Hey, apparently, Mad Dog breaking news. Mad Dog McCree is now available for the Nintendo 3DS. What? Fuck. Really? Came out on iOS. We quick looked it. Yeah. Didn't we? That might be that might be one of the fabled lost uh, app of the days. Because we know. did some before we left the old office, and they're on a computer that's packed up in storage now. Yeah. Um. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's not a very good game. No. It takes about 10 minutes to play all the way through. Fond memories, though. Yeah, it's one of those games that's better when you don't have to, when, when you had to put a dollar in. You appreciated it more. Uh, let's see. Indie Game, the movie. We talked, we, we talked about that a little bit. I really like that movie a lot. Gina watched it last night. I was interested to see what her, what her reaction to it was going to be. And it was strongly positive. So she, she thought it was really nice. And the takeaway is that she really liked Edmund at the end of that movie from Team Meat. She thinks he's a very nice guy. Edmund is the bearded guy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Who, who could not yeah, like Edmund? Exactly. Edmund's great. Yeah, yeah. the great servos, grandma, and everything. 
Yeah, the whole uh, he he's a very human character. Yeah, uh, it's really neat. If you haven't if you haven't heard about the movie, what they do is uh, the two people who made the movie, I think James and Lissette, uh basically as it's mostly about Super Meat Boy. There's a little bit about Fez. There's a little bit about Jonathan Blow and Braid, uh, but mostly it's about uh, uh, Tommy and Edmund, the two guys who made Super Meat Boy in the seven months leading up to the release of the game. And kind of their whole experience as two dudes making one game more or less on their own. Uh, and and it, it puts a real human side on on kind of indie games that I quite like. And also, just game development. You, uh, you, I have a moment. You you have a moment that is uh that that is used as a voiceover. I'm the end of the a, second act. As a uh, as a analog to what Tommy feels. I'm I'm it's a poignant moment. I don't want to yeah. Gina was like, Oh my god. That's cool because in uh, in in screenwriting structure, sec- yeah. the end of the second act is often the Less. lowest point of the film. It seems great sense that you <laughs> yeah. would show up at that. That's exactly uh, right. At that juncture, yeah. Brad and I are there in full force. Um, Actually, it's the beginning of the third act. It, it is probably the beginning of the third act. Yeah. Um, you know the wine aerating trick? Uh, I did not have a blender last night, and I had bottles of wine that I need aerated. How did you not have a blender? <sighs> because my parents have my blender. I, were they making margaritas? No, I just let them borrow it. I never got you it back. You fool. And um, the... You aerate the hyper-decanting. Yes, hyper-decant. So you can buy a, a, a vessel, that a decanter, that you can pour wine through, and it will increase the surface area of the wine. Um, so when you pour it out... Oh, yeah, and, I've seen that. There was a guy and, in Shark Tank who was selling kind of like a mesh ball that you could pour the wine through as well that would, that would instantly yeah, increase, aerate it. Yeah, it's, it's just increasing. It's exposing the... More, the more water, surface. Uh, the, the liquid surface area to air. Right. That's it, all it is. Yeah. When air touches wine... Chemicals change yes. when presented with oxygen. Exactly. Um, and the, the cans you can buy in all sorts of shapes and sizes. You know, you can cra- crazy spirals. and the top of the wine bottle. Yeah, and... Um, and the trick that the modernist cuisine, modernist cuisine guys um, taught us was to blend the wine. Hyper decant. Hyper decant. And, and it works totally. So, so basically, instead of taking 30 minutes to, to, to sit and breathe, mm-hmm. you do the whole thing in about 20 seconds yes. in a blender. Um, the al- alternative way, which Joey taught me, was to open a bottle of wine. Then you pour out one glass. Mm-hmm. And then you put the cork back in the other way mm-hmm. because that's the only way it can, can fit. Can you put your thumb over it? No, you put the cork back in the other way because okay. the the pup the part that comes out. But then you could get bits of cork in the. Well, you got to make sure there's the, yeah, no it's, it's fibers, okay. whatever. And then you shake it like a like a like a cocktail, like a Polaroid picture. You vigorously shake that bottle, um, and you get the foam, and it hyper decants. And you pour a second glass, and you compare A B testing. You could also use your immersion blender. You could also use an immersion blender if you we want. We just got one mess. of those. I love an immersion blender. Yeah, it's. I think it's more useful than an actual blender. Yeah, of course, I don't make a lot of frozen beverages, so no milkshakes. Yeah. Um. Interesting. What kind of wine were you drinking last night, Jan? Something called the Buccaneer. Is it called the Buccaneer because of price or no? Because of pirate uh, uh, Vince. I think it was a cab. Okay, I'm not sure exactly. Interesting, Gary. What have you been up to? It seems like a long time since I've seen you. Uh, we're baby prep full term as of yesterday. Oh wow! Yeah, that means that baby's about to explode out. Huh? Yeah, which apparently Leah learned this yesterday. Like you shouldn't tell people that when you're out and about because they freak out. They don't want it. They, they think that means that you're basically now you could go at any time. Right. Which technically is true, although what it actually means is you are the baby is considered full term after 37 weeks, which is to mean that there's no 
no ill effects to no ill effects to it being born at that stage there's nothing the brain has no more development to do in in your eyes are open the lungs are developed but it's still three to three to five weeks to go before it's really really do but again Uh, we're in that point now where you know who knows what might so she tells people that do they ask her to like step off of the carpet or anything you think (laughs) Uh, would you mind standing over here on the heart let me put a towel down but that's why we got the immersion blenders because we're gonna leah wants to make her own uh, baby food okay well, you, you know, know, you can get a whole thing that does that. There's like a Thank whole... goodness you said baby food. What did you think she was going to say? Um, yeah, Norm, oh. Norm's instantly on, on a DEFCON 2 now every time <laughs> we go into this conversation. Um, the, they make uh, baby food. Who was it I was talking to? Yeah, there uh, are, but there's baby bullets and all kinds of things that do it. She just bu- wants to do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah, there's way. basically a thing that'll make it, like, take whatever you're eating, you take it out before you season it, and then you dump the food in, and it turns it into baby food. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds right. I, I I would like that for me. I got a baby uh, owner's manual. Really? Yeah. Like what? Which which model? It's, it's cool. It appealed to me because there's obviously there's a million different books for like how yeah. to take care of a baby, but this one was presented very much like like a technical manual. Change the oil every three thousand miles. Yeah. You know, which I, I that, like the three thousand miles thing is bullshit. It's supposed to be every five thousand miles. Wait, change the oil? Jiffy Lube tells you to change every three thousand miles because they want to sell you more oil changes. Of course. Yeah, mine really? mine is actually uh, ten thousand. That's what mine is too, because they do the the. the You're only supposed to change your oil every oil. ten thousand miles. Synthetic, it depends on what kind of oil they use, but if you're using synthetic oil, it's like every eight or ten thousand miles. I, I'm changing my oil every like five thousand miles or something. Five is the is the normal. Yeah. If you're using from the ground oil. Huh. Uh, so what what did you learn in the baby's manual? Anything? I haven't really. I just I've just skimmed through it, but it's very, you know very basic stuff. Like don't you put know, it through the car wash. How to how to how to hold the baby? But basically, like how to hold the baby, how to hand a baby to someone else, or how to receive so it when someone hands it to toss you. Overhand toss or yeah. underhand toss? Yeah. Uh, um. You know, sleeping, feeding. You're not going to uh, let me hold your baby, are you? Well, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> I can hold the dog though. The dog? Yeah. The dog's too big. I can pick up Huey. I'm good for it. It's pretty heavy. Yeah, He's a little heavy. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's, you know, I'll 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 be reading up on it. Um but yeah, we're both I think Leah particularly at this point is just very keen like to she's done carrying this thing around. <laughs> yeah, I got to imagine. Uh well once I came over and it looked like there was a couple of of uh of uh basketballs hanging out there. You're like, mm, yeah. Well, we have the two big um, the the fitness balls that, okay. you, that you buy, and you sit on those, and they're very good for pregnant you know, ladies. And uh, we're having a uh, a tub delivered hmm. uh, tomorrow. Oh, okay, a big birthing tub because we're having. Where a, is that going to go? It's going to go wherever it go, wherever it goes, wherever yeah. it fits. You know, um, I I got to make a flight. This is this oh, is, oh this how is convenient! Right? No, so I have ran to out of time. actually make a flight. How funny! My favorite is that? thing was when you when, when I was over there last time. You showed me the box of the stuff because you're having the baby at home. Do we even want to talk about this on the podcast? No, we can talk about it. It's okay. Leah, um, Leah's kind of you know it's it's out there. She's down with it. Yeah. Uh, so so like you had what looks like you, like when you're training a dog not to poop on the floor, you put those pads down that absorb all sorts of liquids. They're like basically like diapers but flat. They lay out, and you had yeah. this enormous terrifying box full of them yeah it's there's there's a lot of mess involved yeah. in little thing kids not easy being born poop machines that they are yeah. poop vomit piss yeah my flight's in Poor an hour Norm. and 15 minutes Poor i gotta Norm. drive to the airport and still check in uh okay well, well i actually do this we is will n- not norm is norm is a delicate flower oh, oh, oh. Uh, we are getting a new office for people who've been, uh, and uh we will welcome any suggestions on how we should decorate this office if you have ideas. We are not going to actually welcome suggestions. On I welcome suggestions office. on how we should decorate this office. I'm vetoing whatever. I look forward space. to seeing your new office. It's, the walls are pink. 
Okay. That's it has brown the, carpet. The, why we need to decorate. That's true. We do need to. What's we need to run with pink? We, with pink? we need to build some fake walls, some flat backgrounds for our sets. So suggestions uh, on that is okay. good. Yeah. I was thinking like a brick motif. Yeah, with, with with a couch set and a green screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Little continuity so, there. I, I can get a I can get a cardboard stand up of Ryan. Now, I don't want, want that. a cardboard stand up of Ryan. We're good. Uh, so yeah, I guess that'll do it for us this week. Since Norman Chan is, is doesn't no, want to no, talk you, about you guys stuff. can continue. Uh, I just actually need to make a flight. It's, it's okay. I understand that. We'll wrap it up. It's been we got two hours here, so I think we're good. Uh, we um, don't. Next week podcast is on. on it's up in the air. We'll ha- definitely have an Adam cast on Monday mm-hmm. or Tuesday, Tuesday rather. Tuesday. Uh, so you always check that. I think next week we talk about um, Geek Dad. Geek Dad, yeah, and uh, and uh, more stuff from the man cave. We have a Jamie shoot scheduled now. I think so. That'll happen yeah. soon. Uh, I can't wait to go over and talk to him about mad mad scientist inventions and the cool stuff he's made. Um, and yeah, just more. I mean, I, I the um, the number of cool things we've seen in the last two weeks, I can't keep track of. So. Uh, that those videos will be coming out as as Joey, poor Joey, as Joey has time to edit them, and we got to get Joey on soon. You're right; it's been too long since mm-hmm. he's been. On can the you podcast. talk about beer? You can talk about yeah, his adventures, misadventures. Joey has had many adventures. Mm-hmm. Silently judging, he does silently judge. Next week or the week after. Until then, I'm Will. I'm Norm, and Gary's here too. Yeah. See you guys later. <laughs>